Welcome back, everyone. It is episode 90 of Thirst and Goal. I'm here. My name is Franny. Across the table from me is Ben. And we had our first action of the 2020-2021 NFL season this past weekend. Ben, I am so excited. I could not be happier. Thirst and Goal podcast coming into our second season of NFL football, a show about football fun. Friends, whiskey and beer reviews. Uh, Steelers had a good week. Franny's Eagles had a little bit of a a tough week. But other than your Eagles, it was more than a tough week, man. That was terrible. How was your week this week? Uh, It was a good week, Ben. It was. I mean, it was. It was a long week, but it was. It was a good week. Um, I mean, it was. It's work. It is what it is. What about you, Ben? Uh, Same. It is what it is. Uh, Not not a bad week this week. I mean, last week. Next week might be a little bit tougher uh but this week wasn't that's that what you say bad. every I know, week that's I what you say every week i'm sure next week on the podcast i'm gonna ask you the same question and you're gonna say the exact same I'm thing kind of a negative it wasn't Nelly. that bad but next week i always is assume, gonna be worse i always assume the worst and that things are going to get worse rather than better in that way i'm that's not a good outlook though, i'm I mean, not disappointed you, you never yeah exactly <laughs> but Friday, what are you drinking over there tonight uh tonight ben just like last week I'm drinking this uh, Kindred Straight Rye whiskey with, I had some Coke earlier right now. I have a little bit of uh, club soda with the rye. Uh, you know, club soda and rye, not bad. Exactly. It's yeah. definitely not bad. I mean, it, it almost tastes uh, like a light beer with some spice to it. You know, it's 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 not terrible. I would drink more Coke, but as you know, Ben, You're a lot of sugar. Figure. I'm always watching my figure. We don't get to go to the gym as much as we used to now. So, yeah. Yeah, less, Franny less is pre, pre, pre-diabetic. He's trying to avoid going pre-pre-diabetic, by only drinking one Coke a day. And this is the mini can, too. Yeah, the mini, can, the mini can of Coke. Yeah, this is seven and a half ounces, not even the full 12. Yeah, so I got my sugar tested a few weeks ago, or my glucose, uh, so I'm I'm free to have a little bit of Coke tonight. Uh, but Friday, what are we going to talk about tonight? Uh, tonight, Ben, on the big board, we have our NFL news. We also have a shout-out to our new and loyal listeners out there. We're also going to talk about... NFL week one. And are we going to talk about the following week? Yeah, of yeah, course. All right, perfect. Yeah, got to get our picks preview in Preview and our picks. All right. We also have our tag team news, our thirst and goal news. Ben's Steelers, who's very excited about right now. My lowly Eagles. And Sonya, well, she's on the podcast tonight, but eventually she will be on the podcast. Her Seahawks looked terrific this past you weekend. You say that again. And we also have our shot of the week, which, is, which was inspired by the return a big Ben Roethlisberger. Could not be happier. I, I can tell. You've had a grin on your face. As, 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 like Ever since I walked in for the past few hours, as you've been setting up and pre-gaming, you have this grin on your face, Ben. You can tell that Big Ben is back in town. Yeah, well, last year was such a disappointment. I mean, other than James Conner going down, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger going down really oh. just took our our entire season off the rails yeah down into the ditch yeah all the all the train cars as well as the caboose went down there in flames but even not a terrible season eight and eight, eight, and eight. not terrible could have done a lot worse than that especially with the start that you guys had early on and we also have our brown of the week our beverage of the week which happens to be a cognac we haven't had a cognac in in, in quite some time it's been at least a few months since we've had a cognac and uh, we're trying another offering from uh, i think i'm saying i don't know if i'm saying this correctly Paulet. 
I think so. Pau-day. I think so. It's their cognac. It's it's their VSOP, but it's organic. I think we tried the regular yeah. uh, VSOP, but this is their organic. Very fancy. And we when like you, the other you one. You just slap organic yeah. on anything, and it just makes it that much fancier. The organic grapes that yeah. went into this cognac. <laughs> Hopefully. And uh, we also have our beer of the week, which is from Belgium. It comes in a very cute little bottle, too. <laughs> yeah, you want to take a shot at the name? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Le Chouf. <laughs> La Chouf Blonde. Uh, I don't know. On, on the shelf, it said it was a blonde IPA. It's very highly rated. It's from uh, Total Wine. Uh, you know, the packaging is very fancy. The bottle is very cool. And uh, next up on the big board, we also have a little bit of Thirst and Gold Betting Corner. The return once again. It returned, well, returned last week, and Ben's going to make his picks this week. And once your again. Fantastic my Five? My Fantastic Five or my Sexy Six. I'm not exactly sure. I'm going to have to take a look at the matchups and see. Well, I, I would have lost last week because of the fucking Eagles. Uh, but, you know, that was the one game that I missed on and the one that I was so sure of, too. I mean, that was like the one game. Yep. And for about a quarter and a half, I was very sure that I was going to hit that, but I did not. I mean, not. you're only up 17. Yeah, only up 17. <laughs> yeah, no, no biggie. Uh, and then also, we have our housekeeping to finish up the show. Well, how do you feel? I mean, we'll talk a little bit we'll more about, little bit about, about yeah, the Eagles yeah. loss as we get into the show. Uh, but but was that a devastating mm-hmm. feeling to open mm-hmm. the season with that well, number of injuries as well as I mean I, th- I think the the, worst the part loss of it, to the what was supposed to be the worst team in the division exactly I mean there there is that too I mean there's a lot I mean it, it's um you know the worst part is being up seventeen nothing away when you're up seventeen nothing when you're not playing at home you should really you know dig in and try to win that game at all costs and they they just couldn't pull it off and you know if it was against a better quarterback then i'd say you know what we lost to a better quarterback but it's Dwayne freaking Haskins out there second year player didn't even play his first full year and uh you know it was it was very depressing but we'll talk more about that yeah and the offensive line giving up 30 pressures and 8, eight. Sacks. sacks yeah Carson uh, Carson's not gonna be healthy this year if he's taking eight sacks every game yeah. no quarterback can withstand that exactly and not Ben Roethlisberger either for that matter yeah. <laughs> he took too many sacks I think he took two sacks in the game that's too many in the for opening him. game then that's too too many uh Franny what's first up on the big board first up on the big board Ben we have our NFL news all right and last week we went a little bit long on the episode it was almost three hours and so we'll try to get through the yeah. NFL news talk really fast Ben a little bit more quickly so that we can get in to the games, describe the or, or break down the games this past week and get you our predictions for the upcoming week. But the we, the story of the week, as far as I can tell, uh, other than a little bit of drama here and there, was injuries, 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 and probably the first injury of the day that was the most profound for their club was Marlon Mack lost for the year. The Indianapolis Colts, the expected bad news came down for Indianapolis Colts running back Marlon Mack. Kevin Petra of NFL.com reported this past week that there was reported that an MRI confirmed that the running back tore his Achilles per a source informed of the situation. The injury will end Marlon Mack's season. Uh, the test verified there was little hope for good news for Mac and the Colts after he left Sunday's loss against the Jags in the second quarter. Mac earned four carries for 26 yards and three catches for 30 before leaving with the injury. The starting running back is coming off a 2019 campaign in which he rushed for 1,091 yards. In four years, the running back has never played a full 16-game slate, probably hanging out with James Conner. He'll make it just one tilt in 2020. Mack is set to be a free agent in 2021. Might come cheap. The injury could spell the end to his run in Indianapolis. Franny, what say you about 
Marlon Mack going down uh, in the first game for a team sucks, that had man. some hope with a new well, quarterback. I don't know if they had any hope, but in that division, uh, they had a little uh, bit of hope. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I still think the Texans are probably a better team. I know we talked about the Texans last week and we were very happy with their performance. Um, you know, the the Jags actually did yeah, pull off a win good. Uh, this this weekend, too. And then you have the Tennessee Titans uh, as well. Um, so, I mean, you know, it, it's, it wasn't their division to win. They might have been competitive, but it's, it sucks uh, to lose Marlon Mack. I mean, he's a good. He, I mean, he's he's a fantastic young talent. He's one of the bright spots on that team, especially with Luck leaving. That was such a huge heartbreak for a lot of fans of oh, yeah. the Colts. Oh, yeah. And then now to lose Marlon Mack, and you're stuck with Philip Rivers and a couple other dudes out there. Yeah, in the first game of the year, after only a few carries. I mean, it's just it's devastating. For the Colts and that team that had a lot of hope with Philip Rivers there and second year coach in Frank Reich or third year coach, second year or third year. I think he's been there a couple years. Second year. I believe it's the second year. Second full year. I mean, they did have some some hope of finishing high in that division. So that's a devastating, devastating injury for them. And I don't even know who their backup running back is, but it's not Frank Gore anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but it just sucks. I mean, I, I, I hate to see a young uh, running back with a lot of skill and talent like him go down. Um, but you know, ACL tears—they happen. It seems like it's 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 uh, Achilles. Oh, it's a Oh my God! Okay, yeah, yeah he tore mind. it. Oh, geez, that's not good. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, a couple weeks. Put some yeah. put some butter on it. Yeah, Achilles, that's not good for running back. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. Geez. Yeah, I wasn't listening. Oh, sorry. You see, you that, see you know, how like Friday pays might, attention to what be, I say. He might be cheap next year then for <laughs> that's sure. Yeah, true. Yeah. coming yeah. off an Achilles tear. Oof. Uh, we'll get to, to some more that's injuries. Painful. I just wanted to. Next up, we wanted to talk. A little bit about the NFL TV deals. The flurry of big spending and massive contract extensions doled out just before week one kickoff is evidence that the NFL expects huge deals in 2021, huge TV deals. Sources said the league was making significant headway on many of its television deals, which expire after next season. And there is a very strong sense within Park Avenue among individual owners that multiple groundbreaking TV deals will be finalized by early 2021. If not for the impact of COVID-19, both financially, but even more so logistically, given all of the time, energy and resources that had to be devoted to restarting the league amid the virus outbreak, these deals would have been completed prior to the start of this season. The sources said the NFL is very comfortable with its over-the-air broadcast partners, including CBS. The sources said in the Sunday afternoon packages are not expected to change dramatically, though obviously the price continues to rise. Uh, in addition to those contracts, new streaming deals are expected to be completed, and Disney is making a push, a significant push, to expand the scope of its NFL football beyond the current Monday Night Football package, seeking to put games on ABC. Please, ESPN, ABC, you do a shit job of broadcasting NFL games. Please do not do this. Despite the pandemic and playing games with limited to no fans in the near future, there is a strong sense that, that within a few years, the NFL will be back headed towards its goal of $25 billion with a B in annual revenue. The 10 years of labor peace already secured. The league is only beginning to dabble into the gambling industry and several, several teams possibly passing the $3 billion threshold. If they get to the market by 2022, the fiscal prognosis for the league remains robust. Franny would say you, do you think they are going to be able to get these types of numbers given that the ratings are down somewhere around 20% so far this league year? Uh, I mean, it's, it's going to be a little difficult this 
season. You know, I'm, I'm sure next season they will probably go up. I mean, it's you know, it's a, it's it's a little different watching the game without the fans. You know, I mean, it, it does definitely make a difference when you're watching the game. There's the atmosphere is a little different. You know, I mean, they do pump in a little bit of crowd noise, whether it's in the stadium it's or distracting. just distracting. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, it's like you know, you hear some excitement from the crowd, but like the crowd's not really there. It's not the right type of excitement yeah. at, at certain points in the game. It's like at the end of the play, I mean, they always sort of raise the yeah. raise the volume a little bit at the end of the play, and then yeah. they lower it down. But did you get it? It's like a, a white noise machine trying did, to sleep. It, yeah, exactly. Did you uh, did you get a deal though on the Sunday? ticket i mean is it is a sunday ticket still the same they haven't billed me yet direct tv no. has not billed me yet so uh-huh. i'm wondering what the i mean i set it up on an automatic renew which uh-huh. i probably should not do <laughs> because you can't get a deal that way they just charge you whatever the going rate is uh so i, I but they have usually they charge me haggle. by now you didn't call them and haggle so they and try to get a good normally price. i do yeah. normally i wait a couple weeks in and i say well you know it's already aren't a couple doing that good. weeks and <laughs> we got the it, duck started next week exactly. i don't know and they still want it but they might not have billed me thus far for this season, maybe they're giving us a, you know, the option to opt in rather than, mm-hmm. rather than opt out, rather than do it automatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but I mean, you know, it's it's. Uh, I think it's a little, it'll, it'll be a little different. That's all, folks. No, but it's gonna be a little bit difficult. Um, you know, this season to get the viewership back up to what it was last season. Uh, even even this year, before the season began, I wasn't as excited i mean i was happy that football was back but with like with other sports like with the u.s open with uh well i'm sure ben you haven't watched too much baseball yourself either i i probably watched more baseball than you not have much, this not season. much i don't even know if hockey is back i know basketball is really weird to watch because there's no fans i mean they're they're, they're it's almost like a, a rec league that they're playing at a yeah. local park i mean it just doesn't it doesn't have that same sort of feel that same sort of excitement i know some some stadiums are adding some fans yep but it's it's not the same. It's just not the same sort of experience watching it on TV. Yeah, I agree. And the camera angle, I mean, they're really trying their very hardest not to show you the empty stand. So there's all these just ridiculous ground level shots yeah. from the end zone all the way across the field where where you it's just a really awkward angle where you're just seeing the field as if it's a point of view and you're standing on the field yeah. just to show just to avoid showing the empty stands which which sort of it's it's a little strange we're okay we're good. we're adults we can see the yeah, we the empty, empty stands yeah. we don't need to see you know 50 yards away <laughs> from the end zone because you're afraid to show an overhead shot of what's happening yeah, i think everybody already knows that there's not too many fans or no fans at all in the stands but you know i'm, I'm sure they'll um you know the viewership will be it'll, it'll i think it'll slowly gain some traction as the season goes goes on uh especially as the games start to matter later in the season but early on i'm sure it's gonna start off slow yeah and it's gonna be tough to make this kind of revenue i think going forward i mean i i to get this kind of money from all of the folks in the universe that need to get these contracts done, I think it might be a little, they might be shooting a little bit too high. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, personally, I would rather not have ABC and ESPN doing any more games if we can help it. Yeah, they that, just, compared to ESPN, NBC and CBS and Fox, they just don't do a very good job. Yeah, no, with the I mean, games. That, that ESPN broadcast on Monday night, I mean, watching the Steelers, I was disappointed. You know, after watching the NBC, uh, you know, Sunday night game um, with Chris Collinsworth and uh, what's his face? Uh, Al Michaels. Al Michaels. Um, you know, you know, I enjoyed watching it. It seemed more normal, but the ESPN broadcast was very bland and and boring, and and you know, it, it just wasn't as much fun to watch. I mean, obviously, I was rooting for the Steelers, Ben, but it just wasn't the same. I mean, you know, you would think ESPN would do a better job. I mean, that's all they do is sports, and they would be able to broadcast it a little bit better than maybe some of these other stations do. But they just there's something lacking. Yeah, I, and I don't understand it, but I know what you were thinking. A little bit more 
Christmas in the broadcast. Yeah, in, in, the, in the broadcast, I'm not sure. Can the can the fans? I mean, can can the can our listeners hear that? Because I know last yeah, week yeah. it was a little low. I, I raised it up. I raised it up because you know we get a little silent there, and then it just there's silence, and then you can maybe hear me sort of whispering in the background. It came but, yeah. through. This one came through. Right, I, I had to raise the volume yeah, on that one. But a little more Christmas from the broadcast for sure on Monday nights. Yeah, and it's shocking that the worldwide leader can't do a better job yeah, at broadcasting NFL football. Mm-hmm. Stick to UFC or whatever else you're doing over there. <laughs> All right, next up. Cam Newton. Cam, the best coaches play to their top player strengths instead of trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. And it's no surprise then that Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels would completely overhaul their offense to best suit Cam Newton. After 20 years of employing Tom Brady at quarterback, the run-heavy offense with a bevy of zone reads and QB keepers provided an offensive revolution in New England's 21-11 to win over Miami on Sunday. Bill Belichick said, We always try to do what's best for the team. Everything we've done over the last 20 years, and rightfully so, has been for Tom Brady. It was for Tom Brady. Everything was dedicated to him. Newton owns a different skill set than Brady. The 2015 MVP's ability to pound the rock allow the Pats to go to be even more ground focused than they were at times with Brady. When your starting quarterback has things that he's good at and things that you could take advantage of, when I think you try, then I think you try to take advantage of them. Belichick said Newton led the Patriots in rushing on Sunday, taking 15 carries for 75 yards and two rushing TDs. The 15 rushes were the most by a quarterback under Belichick and were the second most of Newton's career, 17 in 2014 in a tie versus Cincinnati. I wanted to throw this on the agenda because I just think it's interesting that Bill Belichick just did a complete 180 in his offensive game plan. I mean, it was pretty shocking to watch the New England Patriots with all of those own reads and all of those runs for for Cam Newton. What do you think? I, You know, I mean, he didn't play spectacular, but he hasn't played football in a very long time. Um, but definitely it looked much different from when Tom Brady was the quarterback in uh, New England. I think um, Cam Newton set new records for rushing and rushing touchdowns in one game. Yep. You know, that Tom Brady had his entire career there. Um, but, you know, it, it, I I chose the Dolphins to win this game. I thought the Dolphins would come out on top because of all the new pieces in New England. Um, but why do I ever doubt Bill, Bill Belichick? I have no idea. So many people do it year after year. They think this is the end of New England, but he just finds a new way, uh, um, you know, to call plays and, and a new game plan. You know, it's, it's the guy. The guy is just amazing. But you know, we'll see when they come up against different competition, in the AFC, how they perform, how they play against the Bills, how they play against the Jets. You know, the Jets obviously didn't perform that well this weekend either. Um, but you know, I, I was I was impressed. I was impressed with the way that they played and the way they were they were able to pull out that game. Um, we got a little bit close there, but you know, why, why, why did I doubt Bill Belichick? Yeah, I don't know. I actually I, don't know. I don't know why you doubted Bill Belichick. I mean, we have 20 years now of history and I, I should, I should definitely not have picked against them. Yeah. I mean, it's in a really interesting contrast and we'll talk a little bit more about this game when we cover the games, but it's a really interesting contrast. I thought that in new England, Bill Belichick with Cam Newton decided I'm going to completely revamp this offense with Josh McDaniels and work to my quarterback strengths. Whereas in Tampa Bay, Bruce Arians decided that I am going to fit Tom Brady into my offense come hell or high water, and I am not going to change a single thing that I do in my offense, and Tom Brady is just going to have to adjust himself to that. So it's a really interesting contrast between the the, the, the team where Tom Brady is 
currently, you know, currently playing as well in, in contrast to the team where he left, that one team decided to work to their quarterback strength and the other decided to go system over quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I'm really interested to see how that pans out as the season goes on because it didn't look good in Tampa Bay. It didn't. It didn't. Well, in, in New Orleans. In New Orleans. I, I think they played in New Orleans, but, um, you know, the Saints are a better team than the Dolphins, so. That is true. Yeah. That is true. Uh, next up, music to Franny's ears, I think, anyway. Leighton Van Der Esch down for the Cowboys. <laughs> Having traveled a long road of recovery from a 2019 season-ending neck injury, Dallas Cowboys linebacker Leighton Van Der Esch found one more bad fortune on Sunday night. Grant Gordon of NFL.com reported Van Der Esch suffered a broken collarbone and is headed to injured Ouch. reserve after suffering the injury in the first half of Sunday's 20-17 to loss. To the Rams. Sorry, Skip. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport reported uh, Van Der Esch should be back this season, but it's a huge blow for the Cowboys and the injury adds injury to insult of a season opening defeat. Though he only played in the first quarter, Van Der Esch tallied three tackles indicative of how important he is to Dallas's defense. He will miss six to eight weeks. Franny, this has got to be music to your ears. I mean, it's it's not really, you know. I mean, because Van Der Esch is one of the few guys that I actually like on that team. I think it was a good pickup for them in the draft a few years ago, and and for him to suffer an injury last year and now to turn around and get injured again. Yep. I mean, for a young player, that's a huge setback. That really sucks for him. I really do feel terrible for Leighton Van Der Esch. I mean, I, obviously, I do hate the Cowboys. I'm an Eagles fan, but there are certain players that I do like on that team. I don't like, uh, well, actually, everybody except for Van Der Esch on that team um but you know it's 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 terrible news i mean it's, well it's good news for the eagles but terrible news altogether for van Drish. yeah i mean they escaped the game you know with with minor injuries you know you had you know Mari cooper got banged up a little bit alden smith got banged up a little bit but they don't think they're missing anybody else not really but i mean like this you said, week, that's, that's a huge blow for them to lose a, a linebacker of his caliber you know this early in the season to be without without him for six to eight weeks now um you know great for the eagles but i do feel you know, bad for Van Der Esch to go through the same thing again this year. Yeah, I guess I have a, a soft spot for the player. I just, I, I think that this team is going to, you know, they're going to struggle as long as Jerry Jones. Do I need to take a shot for saying and, something yep. nice about it? And he, yep. uh, well, both, uh, both. Cowboys. First, you said you hate the Cowboys. And well, of course I hate You the said Cowboys. something nice about I mean, I a hate player. Zeke. I hate Feed me, feed me. Fuck you. <laughs> yep, there you go. There's all a right, shot. All right, all right, all right. And tell our audience why it is that you're taking a shot. For yeah, me. well, per our drinking game agreement, Ben, that we signed in blood many months ago in blood in blood this is stand by me blood <laughs> type of situation here if i say anything negative about any team in the nfc est east est esh nfc est established if i say anything negative about the nfc a team in the nfc east i take a shot if you say anything negative about a team in the afc north you should be ready for that ben i know we, i should been, be we've been practicing for weeks now <laughs> that's i always true. have to point at you <laughs> nfc north <laughs> afc north or if sonya says anything negative about a team in the nfc west then she takes a shot but we've also changed the rules just a little bit if we say anything well overly, you changed them in fairness overly positive about i any said something player. nice about baltimore well, you got tired of hearing me compliment baltimore no, but it, it, i know well if I was just a neutral listener to this podcast, I would think that you're a Bengal supporter because you praise them all the time. Well, I was hoping that they would play a little bit better, and they, they did. They, 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 I mean, they're not terrible, but I mean, I'm going to take a shot for saying something. I'll take one. I'll take positive. One I'll take a half a shot about right? you know Leighton Vanderesh, but he is he is definitely uh, you know a great young talent on that team. I mean, I hate to say that, but it is the truth, and it sucks that he has to go through this again for the second year in a row. 
Yeah, I mean, there were a litany of injuries for you know to top tier players across the league, and I don't know whether that had anything to do. Here we go. Here's the shot. Cheers, Ben. Mine's slightly larger than it yours. It should. Well, last week oh. you filled mine all the way to the top. <laughs> it was spilling over. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. <laughs> A lot better now that it's not a thousand oh. degrees outside. It's chilled, and it's a it's supposed to be a punishment shot. It sort of is. It's the Bird Dog uh, Ruby Red Grapefruit Flavored Whiskey. I think that Southern Comfort Lime was a little worse than this, and yeah, also I think so. that Evan any of the Williams, peaches. Evan Williams Peach was also quite a, terrible. It was quite a punishment as well. So, um, but this one doesn't taste that great either but i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to get another bottle because we're actually saying a lot of negative or positive things about teams in our division because that bottle is almost killed yeah and baltimore proved me right this week uh <laughs> by just crushing their opponent uh next up bruce arians takes a shot at tom brady tampa bay buccaneers head coach bruce Arians said money that he was a bit surprised by quarterback tom brady's struggles in his bucks debut Sunday night against the New Orleans Saints, a game in which Brady threw two interceptions in a 34-23 to loss, according to Jenna Lane of ESPN.com. He looked like Tom Brady in practice all the time, so it's kind of unusual to see that in a ball game because they didn't do the things that we didn't get ready for. Everything they did, we thought we were ready for, Arian said. Some wide receivers have to do a better job of winning one-on-one. When he decides to go their way, he, get, decides to go their way. He, put, uh, he put us in the right right run checks a couple times it was a learning experience that way uh you can't say we weren't in sync because we started out as good as you can start out going right down the field then we didn't get any more chunk plays other than pass interference penalties i think it's a great learning experience it's round one of a 16 round fight and we'll learn from it it's a situation where all that verbiage when you're under the gun is different and now you're getting hit for the first time too it's all different arian said adding that he believes Brady will regroup against the Carolina Panthers this week. But what say you about Arians not being afraid to call out the 20-year, six-time NFL champ, as well as multiple MVP, Super Bowl MVPs? I would not call out Tom Brady. There's a lot of players I would call out in this league, and Tom Brady is not one of those guys. The guys that the guy that has uh, six rings on his finger, the guy that's been to the final, the, the, the Super Bowl, nine times, lost the Eagles. Um... <laughs> But that's one guy I would not call out. But moving forward, I'm sure Tom Brady will be fine. He's He dealt with a little more pressure than he was used to in this game than he did in New England. So they got to work on that offensive line. Last year, they struggled. Uh, this year, a little bit better. But the Saints are a very good team. I'm sure against Carolina, he'll find some traction there. But uh, you know, for Bruce Arians to call out somebody of Tom Brady's caliber, that's a little risky, man. Yeah, and later in the week, you know, Tom Brady said it's all good. You know, I deserve the the same criticism that anyone else does, and we're all good in Tampa. Not Uh, Tom Brady. But one thing was missing from that Tampa Bay game as far as my eyes could see, and that was his normal agitated sideline antics yelling at his offensive lineman yelling at his receivers getting people pumped up he that there was none of that uh and it it just i think it's indicative of the fact that he just doesn't let have the confidence that he needs in the relationships with the guys on the team to be normal tom brady which is very angry very animated when the team when the game is not going well uh one of those picks was horrific the other pick not as you know not as terrible but one of those picks was pretty bad uh and I think Bruce Arians is hell-bent on fitting Tom Brady into his offense, 
And I be, I'm still really curious to see how this goes as the season progresses. If, if Tom Brady's not allowed, not able at his age to adjust to Arian's offense, is he going to switch up the offensive game plan to better suit his quarterback and what his quarterback is good at and what his quarterback is used to? Because Gronk was a non-factor in that game. Yeah, pretty much. But I mean, OJ Howard is, is also, I mean, he's, he's, I would say, he hasn't accomplished as much as Gronk, but I would say he's on the same level right now, talent-wise, as Gronkowski. Gronkowski's a little bit older as well. Um, but, you know, I, I think moving forward, they'll be just fine. You know, I I called it last week. I lost week. that bet. I, call, <laughs> I called it last week. I said if this was later in the season, I would I would choose Tampa Bay. But I chose the Saints because they're fresh. Drew Brees can still throw the ball down the field, even though he'll struggle a little bit. Even even 20-yard passes down the field was a little, a little difficult for him. Um, but later in the season, I, I, I think they'll be on the same page he'll be on the same page with his receivers um, I mean he's got he's got a great duo over there plus the tight ends I mean I, I think Tampa Bay will be just fine all right you heard it here first second and third well the Falcons didn't look that great yeah, the Falcons yeah didn't the look Falcons, that great either and the Panthers they look better than I thought but I still don't think they're gonna challenge anybody yeah and they could have won that game but for a couple you know bad calls by Matt Rule late in that game uh, can, oh Franny can we move on yes we may be Next up, on behalf of Sonia, uh, I, this 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 is going to warn a shot. Richard, man. run in your mouth. Sherman won't be running his mouth from the sideline this season, adding to an already lengthy list of injuries. The San Francisco 49ers, who Ben picked to finish fourth in the, a, in the NFC West, placed cornerback Richard Sherman on injured reserve Wednesday with a strained calf. Landing on injured reserve uh, requires Sherman to miss at least three weeks. Under leagues adjusted under this year's adjusted rules, the earliest Sherman could return would be week five against the Miami Dolphins on October 11th. The loss of Sherman puts the Niners in a precarious position at cornerback where veteran Jason Verrett is dealing with a hamstring injury and did not practice on Wednesday, making matters worse. Akello Witherspoon, who is the top candidate to replace Sherman, is in the concussion protocol and they're starting. I believe there's one of their other corners uh, is also injured. As well, but finally, what say you about Richard? I know best about negotiating my own contracts, Mister Sherman, who I know best about hey, everything the league does, Mister Sherman, who I know best well, about what other shot. Co- where's your shot what- glass? We're, we're, since Sun isn't out here, you're gonna take a shot here, Richard Sherman. I know best about what other players' contracts should have in them, Richard Sherman. I know best about how the league should handle every situation and any situation that arises. He will have plenty of time to sit on his couch for the next three to four to five weeks Just and opine shot. about all of the goings on in the NFL. Uh, you know, so I, I, don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't hate Richard Sherman the same way you hate Richard Sherman. Uh, you know, I, I, he's been in the league for a long time. I mean, this is, uh, he's dealt with injuries in the past and, um, you know, it's a setback for him, obviously, but you know, I, for the Niners, I, I think it's a huge loss because they did not look very impressive this weekend. No, I mean, I, I just, I've not liked him since that article that was published subsequent to his departure from, uh, from Seattle and airing all of their dirty laundry and opining about what he thought of, uh, Pete Carroll, the rest of the coaching staff, as well as some of the players on that team. I thought it was a low blow. I thought it was unnecessary. Immature, childish, immature, you know, uh, and you know, his age, he should be a little more mature about those sorts of things. You know, I mean, whatever happens in the locker room over there in Seattle, you know, keep that to yourself. Yeah. Move on, go to a new team and try to be the best that you can be. 
and how the mighty have fallen because he was everybody's darling when he was mouthing off during that Super Bowl. Everyone was really proud of him for speaking his opinion. And ever since then, and he's so just done you? nothing. But so were you, Ben? You were very happy. I was. I was. But I mean, Crabtree. It's not <laughs> Crabtree. <laughs> You were you were happy. What was what did he say? He's like you challenged the best quarterback it, in the game. It, that's it, what you're gonna get. Was it was it Crabtree? I think it was, I think Crabtree, it was Crabtree. Crabtree yeah. yeah, I can't remember exactly what it was. It's been a few years, but I think it was Crabtree. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you, you, I'm sure during that interview you were you were pretty hyped. Well, and, I was and a Seattle excited. fan then. Well, you're still a Seattle fan, but I mean, you know, it's it's. Uh, I mean, not Seattle. You're a Steelers fan, obviously, but you know, your wife's team is the Seattle. Uh, yeah, team, I root for so. them almost harder than I root for the Steelers yeah, well, because I don't want her to be sad. <laughs> Because when she's sad, I'm then sad. you're sad. Exactly. But he's done nothing but opine about everything around the league and everybody else's contracts. And, well, you know, I mean, and, you know, run for union president or do, but, but the fact that he has something to say about everything and a lot of times it's wrong, mm-hmm. uh, considering that, you know, he plays for one or did play or now plays for one of the better teams in the NFC. It just, you know, it doesn't, but it doesn't, they weren't the best team when he went over there, though. I mean, you know, last last. And they're not year, the best team now at the moment. No, but you know that, that's it's only week one. Uh, but you know, he he didn't know exactly what was going to happen. He didn't know they were going to go to the Super Bowl. He didn't know exactly what Jimmy GQ would be or the new coach. I or mean, wouldn't you know, be. Or wouldn't be. Uh, yeah, he played terrible this weekend. But <laughs> I mean, he he obviously didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, like you said, he signed his own contract. I mean, he negotiated his 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 deal. Uh, I think he did a pretty good job. And last year he played well. And and this year it's unfortunate that he got injured. But yeah, he know. hit his incentives last year. This year yeah. he will. Not having, yeah. he's going to miss at least three or four games. Yeah, poor guy. Poor guy. Let's do this shot. Oh, what? What is that? What is that? They're little what shots. Robotussin. Is that a teaspoon I mean, in there? Look at yours. I mean, it's not like yours is that much all bigger. All right. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Cheers. Just a little bit. It's not. It's. It's not our divisions. It's. It's a different division. But I know you say so many negative things about Sherman. I mean, for the past six months, probably you've you've been really negative on Sherman. You know, I believe people, he doesn't deserve it, Ben. I believe people can opine or have an opinion about things that don't necessarily concern them. I don't believe that everyone should just stick to their own I, I think just business, because but there, there is, there, he's, it's he's been too in the league. much. Yeah, but he's been in the league so long that he feels he has this sort of platform where he can just, you know, tell you what his opinion is. You know, I mean, he can just express his opinion, let you know how he feels, because he's not going to get a, a lot of negative reactions from it because he's been in the league so long. If he, if he was like, you know, a second or third year player, people would be questioning it. But since he's been in the league for so long, you know, he feels like he can express himself, and he does. He does, and I can express often. myself about him expressing himself. Yeah, I know. And I and I would rather that he just not he's, he's, do so he, without information. He's a smart corner. He's a smart. Oh, he's corner. very smart, but he you has know, no he, idea he, he, why he, Cam Newton signed a contract he did, and he shouldn't be talking about it. Yeah, that I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, Cam Newton obviously, if this season doesn't work out with him, I'm sure he, he'll find suitors moving forward. Absolutely. Sorry, <laughs> Franny. I I have this ire towards. Richard That's Sherman fine. that I can't explain. Yeah, we, we have to disagree at some point in this That's podcast. True. Exactly. That's true. We Although don't do it enough. The Eagles will be looking for a corner, so he'll be available next year. We got Slay. That's true. I don't want Sherman, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't want Sherman. <laughs> He's smart, but I don't want him. All right, Franny. Can we move on? Mm-hmm. Next up, this is actually pretty sad news. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell left Sunday's 27-17 to loss to the Buffalo Bills during the second half with a hamstring injury he apparently suffered during the first half but remained in the game. Afterwards, our head coach Adam Gase told the media that he was mad at himself for not pulling Bell earlier but did not offer further updates on a running back status. Bell was sent to the IR earlier this week. With Bell on the IR, the Jets are seriously hampered in light of their very shallow running back depth. Next in line are 37-year-old Frank Gore and Josh Adams 
who was just promoted from the practice squad this past Saturday. Jets 2020 fourth round pick La La Mikal Perrine was carted off the field in training camp with a low ankle sprain and was inactive for Sunday's game. But boy, nothing has gone right for Le'Veon Bell since he left the hallowed halls of Heinz uh, Field. It has just been a downhill spiral for him ever since he decided to buy a couple jet skis and hang out in Florida instead of playing on the franchise tag for the Steelers. Franny, what say you about Le'Veon Bell going down for at least four weeks? Well, what did you say, Ben? I mean, he, he, he was one of your former stars for the Steelers. So I mean, how do you feel about this? Well, I mean, I'm sad for Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. I am. I mean, I remember standing out here, you know, four feet away from where we're doing this podcast. We do this podcast outside where podcasts should be recorded and football should be played. And it's nice weather right now. Yeah. 73 degrees. Very perfect. nice. Uh, and arguing with Frane that they, if they had a decision to make between signing Le'Veon Bell or signing Antonio Brown many years ago, that it would be foolish of the Steelers to put their money with Antonio Brown, given how easily they find receivers in the draft and that they should put their money behind Le'Veon Bell. They went another direction, signed Brown to his last contract in Pittsburgh, and we know how that ended. Uh, not signing Le'Veon Bell, opting instead to franchise tag him a year later. He held out. And it was a terrible year for Le'Veon Bell in New York last year, having mis- being been misused for most of the season in the wrong running scheme with the wrong running plays. And now here he is one game into the 2020 season, and he's already going to miss at least three or four games. So I feel for Le'Veon Bell because mm-hmm. I think he's one of the more talented running backs in the league when he's used in a system that makes sense for him. Well, if he has good, if he has a, a good offensive line. He's good at finding the hole. Um, you know, he, he's very patient, you know, waiting for the blocks to develop. That's just something the Jets don't do. And no. yeah, I mean, that's why he suffered. They don't let anything lot, develop. Lot, yeah. <laughs> Even winning seasons. Uh, <laughs> head coaches, but, <laughs> head quarterbacks. Coaches, exactly. Well, quarterback. <laughs> Where's you know, Mark Sanchez when you need him? Uh, you know, I, I think Darnold's going to be better. Well, we'll see. Uh, but, um, you know, Le'Veon Bell, the way they utilize him, it's, it's, they, it's just not the same way as they did in Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, it's sad that, you know, he, he, he did go on injured reserve so early in the season, but even this year, not sure if it really would have made a difference on this particular team anyways. It's, but it is funny they to didn't see have here. Like, you know, they weren't going to the playoffs regardless. Oh, that's true. That's true. But it is funny to hear Adam Gay say that he's mad that he didn't pull him earlier. First, he's mad that he misuses him for a 16 game season. And now he's mad that he didn't pull his, you know, pull his running back out earlier in the game. Uh, you know, much like Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, I think that that Adam Gase believes that he has a game plan that will work regardless of the personnel. Just like in uh, Miami. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and rather than use, you know, rather than use Le'Veon Bell the way that Tannehill. he. Tannehill sucks. <laughs> why would I use why, this guy? Why would I want to go to the, the AFC championship <laughs> game? That would be terrible. This guy's terrible. Let's get rid of him. Uh, so I, I mean, I feel for Le'Veon Bell because he's got a lot of talent mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's a solid dude. And I, and I, and I would like to see him be successful in yeah. the league. No, n- not so much hate towards Le'Veon. Uh, and, initially, when, when, yes. Yeah. When he held no, out. Not, yeah. Cause he cost us a, an entire, he cost us two, three players yeah, because he held out on that $15 million that, that contract. True. That is true. But I mean, you had way more anger towards, uh, Antonio Brown than towards Le'Veon Bell. Well, Antonio Brown wanted to get out of Pittsburgh because he was just being a douchebag. Oh, and oh, oh. on oh, Bell. There's, there's another. You're more, <laughs> all right, all right, a half a shot. I'll oh, do a half oh, a shot. Okay, I don't know if we're going to finish this podcast. <laughs> uh, but you know, Antonio Brown was just being an unreasonable, for lack of a better word, ungrateful 
uh, Pittsburgh Steeler. He he believed that he was worth more than he than he thought he was worth, and he created a lot of drama for the Steelers unnecessarily. Mine's mine's larger. Le'Veon Bell had if that's what the franchise tag is for, right? You have every you have every right if you're on the franchise tag. You know, you believe you're owed a, a, a contract, you know, one, two, three, year, however many years you believe you're owed. Uh, playing on the franchise tag is not, it's only guaranteed for one year. So I can, I can make an argument that Le'Veon Bell was just trying to hold out for a more significant long-term contract that he believed he deserved. I can't really fault the guy for that. Uh, cost, I think the, I think the Steelers should have rescinded the tag so they could have at least signed some other players. They decided mm-hmm. not to because they had hopes that Bell would come back. That was on the Steelers for making that decision. They could have rescinded it. He'd be better off with the Steelers, but. And, you know, Antonio Brown was just, you know, he just wanted a different, you know, different contract, more money, wanted to leave, and Cheers. he created a lot of drama. Cheers. All right, take this, these little baby shots. And he, and he creates drama to this day. <laughs> ah. But at least I was right when I made that argument. I was right for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but it turned out that signing Le'Veon Bell and letting Antonio Brown go at that point in time would have been a better and more prudent decision. They didn't win the Super Bowl. And Le'Veon Bell went on, or uh, Antonio Brown went on to cause nothing but drama for them. True. But he was good in his time there. Yeah. Uh, Franny is a very big Antonio Brown fan. <laughs> I think that if after these eight games are up, if he's able to come back and play, if there's no more criminal charges, the criminal charges are not pending. I think uh, Frane would be more than happy to slot Antonio Brown in in the Philadelphia Eagles wide receiving core. Uh, I think we have more headaches than that. Oh, we don't need any more. We don't need to add more headaches. Yeah, Alshon and Antonio Brown could get together and and air yeah. all the dirty laundry. Yeah, no, from inside no. the locker room for you. I'm good, thank you. All yeah. right. Uh, that's it for the NFL news for this week. I mean, there were a little bit, you know, there were some other injuries around the league and some other news around the league, but we got to get through all of our week one game breakdown as well as our week two picks. So, Franny, you want to take a quick break? Let's take a quick break. And then we'll get right back with our breakdown of NFL week one. All right, and we are back. And Ben, going to make a shout out to our new and loyal listeners out there. Yes, thank you all so much to our new listeners, as well as listeners that have been with us for some significant period of time. We truly, truly appreciate all of you, and you deserve a shout out. Since 2018, we have been a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. And since you're listening tonight, tomorrow, in your car, on your commute, when you're working from home, please consider heading to our website, thirstygold.buzzproud.com, or search Thirsty Gold Podcast on the web and subscribe, rate, rate, and review, review our show. Please, please, please pound down that five-star button and leave us a quick review, especially on Apple Podcast. It would be truly, truly appreciated. Please tell a friend, a family member, a coworker, a stranger, just one person that you know this week. Please do that for us. Just tell one person about our show. Get our show in their podcatcher, on their phone, on their desktop, on their tablet. Get it in there for us. We would truly, truly appreciate it. And thank you all so much for listening. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, is our NFL 1 or Week 1 preview and our picks for Week 2. Oh, yeah. And before we move on, Ben, 
Oh, we have something else? Exactly. We got the Coors Light on the table, Ben. <laughs> yeah, we've been uh, earlier in uh, the summer and throughout the summer, we were trying terrible beers from my youth. Uh, beers that Franny had never tasted. I wouldn't say they're terrible. They're easy to drink easy and to readily drink. available. Yeah. So we tried Miller. We tried Pabst. We tried the PBR. We tried Genesee. We tried the... Coors, the banquet beer. Oh, yeah, the regular Coors. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. We tried Budweiser. Budweiser. Not I looked Bud for Bush at Smart and Final today, Bush. and I couldn't find it. They don't have it at Smart and Final. I didn't go to, to Total Wine, but I'll grab a 12-pack, or if, if they can sell me a six-pack. I only think it comes yeah. in 12-pack or 30-pack. But so far, the PBR has been has the, been best the best one out of all of the ones that we've tried. We'll see how this one tastes, Ben. So this is another beer that we drank in my youth. This is the, the forest, silver bullet. By the creek. By the creek, by the lake, by the pond. Uh, we it's would, always in the forest, though, yeah, for some we're reason. always I, in the woods. Yeah. Well, we grew, I grew up in the... Yeah, oh, the woods, away, not the forest. It's, it's the woods. To stay away from the police. We had to, <laughs> we had to be obscured somewhat. You can't just drink on the street when you're 17, 18 years old. So we had to go into the woods uh, near a water source. Obviously, you want something to look at. You know, you yeah, want to be able to ponder the universe <laughs> and, you know, what life has in store for you as well as what life may be on other planets. And you drink some Coors Light, you have some PBR, some Molson, some Genesees, some Millers. Molson, that's one That's one thing we haven't tried here. Oh, Molson, I would love to get it. Yeah. And Labatt's. I'm going to get you some Labatt's. If you can find it. Uh, oh, in the Canadian beer section. They may have that at Total Wine. Is there uh, a Canadian? I think there is a Canadian beer section, yeah. But this is a sad day for Frana, having never tried Coors Light. I might have. I actually, actually, I may have had Coors Light. I just, I don't remember how it tasted like that. I'm sure it tastes like water, but yeah. But in, you know, in Frane's Forever Search, a little bit more Christmas. He's always in search of Christmas in his beer. I would want a little bit more Christmas. <laughs> He's always looking for it. So we're hoping that this particular beer will give him that Christmas that he's looking for, if not the flavor. Well, let's see. Let's you see. Give it a not, shot? Maybe not the flavor, but maybe there's the crispness there that I've been searching for my entire life. So let's try well, this mass-produced And that is a Coors huge, Light. That is a, that's a 24-ounce can, right? That's that's yeah, a was, large can. It was either the 24-ounce can or a 12-pack or a 30-pack. Yeah, there no, was no six-pack. I pulled out of the cooler and I just kept on pulling out. I was <laughs> like, like, I was like, man, how long is this thing? Yeah, I mean, this is your after working in the yard all day beer. All right, all right well, cheers to you, Ben. Does it have that Christmas, Franny? It doesn't, does it? Even though that's their claim to fame. You know, it's well, obviously, it's Rocky chilled. Mountain cold filter, all that stuff, and it's it's great that it's chilled. Um, it is, it is, you know, has has a wet finish which is nice there's some crispness there it's better than bud light actually it is i would say it's better than oh i would say, I, so, I would say yeah. it's better it doesn't than, have that weird aftertaste that yeah bud light it's, has. it's it's better than bud light you know it's not it's not bad it's not bad this is definitely something that you would drink you want a little more i know after <laughs> after after you know mowing the lawn hot day out there like you said perfect but i mean that, that's that's like the perfect environment for this beer very hot day you're parched you need some sort of liquid in you. For some reason, water is missing, and so you you pull out this Coors Light, which is only four point what four point two percent alcohol. Yeah. Not much alcohol in there. You know, you maybe get a, a very slight buzz on the as you finish the entire can. It's a twenty four ounce can, um, but this is this is a you know it's 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 obviously you can drink a twelve pack. Yeah, I, I just this is not something I usually drink in my youth. I didn't have too many woods to run off to or too many cricks to run off to, but. 
Uh, and apparently didn't have to drink domestic beers. I didn't drink a lot of domestic beers, but I'm not a huge beer drinker, Ben, as you know. I mean, a I lot mean, of the when beers you're pulling up in your Lambo at the yeah. uh, at, at yeah, Total I, Wine. I wish. Well, they delivered, wish they delivered the beer to you. <laughs> yeah, I wish it was. Yeah, the, the, the doors Oh, on my, Mr. Franek, here you go. Here is your... The, the doors on my Mazda don't have scissor doors. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, the, 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 the Coors, this is actually, I mean, it's not bad. It's not something I would, I would reach for constantly. There's not a ton of flavor there, but as far as a light sipper, very cool lawnmower beer, this is, this is very nice. This is actually a perfect beer for that. So you would say, mm. <laughs> you would say that or no? You know, on a very hot day, yes, I would. You know, I, right. I, yeah, I wish there was just a little bit more flavor. It's a little watered down, but you know, definitely does have that little bit of pop on the finish. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our NFL Week 1 preview and Uh, our picks to follow. Can you believe that we're going to be breaking down the Week 1 games? I was watching every single day since Monday for some disaster to strike like it did in some of the other sports in Major League Baseball. I didn't, I mean... Uh, ba- uh, basketball was able to escape this for the most part. Uh, well, the, the Clippers, bubble. the Clippers, what a meltdown! I mean, they were up three one. Why is anyone against shocked by that? I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know why there are Clippers fans that still exist out there. I have no idea, especially when you have the Lakers in this town uh, working on their 17th championship. You know, they're up one zero right now uh, in the Western Conference Final, and uh, I mean, I, I don't see how it how uh, the game tonight finished uh, with Boston and Miami on the other side. I know Miami was up two nothing. I'm not sure if they. I know when last time I checked, Boston was up. But, uh, you know, Lakers up one nothing. but Clippers fans, why do you even exist? Yeah, I mean, Kawhi Leonard did not play well well, in Game 7. I I think it's a Doc Rivers thing. I mean, you know, it's... It's a Clippers thing. It's a Clippers. I think they're just... The more things change, the more they stay the same. They're cursed. It doesn't matter who plays there. They're just a cursed franchise, and they should definitely move on. You know, move to Seattle. Seattle desperately wants a team. Move up there. Um, The owner... Uh, what's his face uh, from Boeing? I mean, that's where he made his living. You know, just move back up there and, you know, be gone with the Clippers here in L.A. Nobody would miss them. There's three fans, probably. Yeah, I mean, I turned on the television. And I work with one of them, and I made fun yeah. of them all day today. And rightfully so. I mean, I turned on the – and everyone's losing their marbles. I'm like, why? How did you not expect no. yeah, this? Yeah. To, I mean, it's like being a Cubs fan. Yeah, they finally won the World Series. Yes, I understand that. But that is – I mean, they are the Cubs – of the NBA. Steve Ballmer, that's his name. Yeah, yeah, Steve Ballmer. And he wants to move the team, I think. I think he wants his, I mean, his own, well, I, I his think own they, little fiefdom. Yeah, well, I, I think they made a deal um, for, you know, some land out in Inglewood, uh, you know, for a new stadium out there. That That's not going to work for them either. It doesn't matter if they have one stadium. If they had six stadiums, <laughs> they could play at a different stadium every day of the week almost. It's not going to work. They, they just need to leave L.A. altogether. I mean, there's no room for them, for any team in, in, in basketball here in L.A. It's a Lakers town. Yeah, Sorry, for Clippers. sure. I mean, and the Dodgers, too. I mean, that's why that's why the, the, the Angels, Angels moved down to Anaheim, yeah. and, they, and, and they made the mistake of changing their name to the, the L.A. Chargers, Angels. The Chargers right now should just move back to San Diego because even I, I, there's not that many Rams fans out here. But at least the stadium will be full. But, you know, the Rams could fill it up. The Chargers won't. Well, they will fill it up with the opposing well, the team. With the opposing fans. team, which is even worse. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Clippers, the only thing that they can do is move, change their name. You have, you have to, and they need a clean start. Different yeah. name, different uniforms, different logo. All of it has to change. Mm-hmm. They need a fresh, fresh start because they've had the talent to get to the final so many times. Well, especially and this have year. not been able to do Out so. of all of the years, and, this and, and, was and, the year. Yeah, Vegas had them favor. Everyone had them favor. Everybody. 
in game seven and the nuggets didn't, they, they just didn't beat them. They you beat them pretty bad. You know what happened? What happened? Anthony Davis happened. Anthony Davis happened. <laughs> That's the problem. That is the problem. All right, then. All right, Friday. You want to break down these week one games? Let's do it, Ben. All right. We're going to start with my New York jets yeah. against our Buffalo bills. The jets, one of our adopted teams, the Buffalo bills, uh, them and the lions. Yeah. And this year might be a good year to adopt the Buffalo bills. I, they might not. go to medical school and support you when you're older. <laughs> this might be the year to adopt them. Uh, yeah, the Jets fall to the Buffalo Bills 27 to 17 with beautiful, beautiful Buffalo. Josh Allen, 33 for 46 for 312 yards and count them. Two huge touchdowns in the game. He also ran for 57 yards and a touchdown with Singletary. Singletary, I think, is also hurt uh, going into week two. Uh, Stefan Diggs in his debut with eight receptions for 86 yards. John Brown, Cole Beasley, and uh, just, just, oh, sorry, Dawson Knox also uh, rounded out the Bills offense. Darnold 21 for thir- 25, 21 of 35 for 215 yards and count it one touchdown and subtract it. One big interception. Frank Gore, six carries for 24 yards. Le'Veon Bell before he went down 14 yards on six carries. Jamison Crowder had a good game. Seven receptions for 115 yards and a TD, but not much else to speak of for the Jets. What say you about the Bills winning in convincing fashion yeah. in game one? I mean, the score line doesn't really do the the Bills justice. I mean, they went up really early in this game early. and, and they, they, they sort of cruised to the finish line in this one. Um, there was, I mean... There was no doubt that they would actually win this game. They're not the fucking Eagles. Uh, but, you know, they were up 21 nothing early, and they finished the game. Not strong, but they won the game. Yeah, and I think this is your opportunity. If you were, uh, what's his name, Woody Johnson? can never remember the owner of the Jets' name. He had some controversy in the offseason, as I'm sure a lot of you know. Uh, this is the time. Just, just You have an opportunity right now. You saw how they played. You saw what the offensive game plan was. You saw what they did on defense. You know, I know that Jamal Adams mm-hmm. is missing, but notwithstanding, now is your opportunity to move on from Adam yeah. Gase. It's game one. Fire Adam Gase. Get somebody else in there. I know it's not something that a lot of teams would do, but they do it in baseball. They've done it in basketball where they fire someone right in the middle of the season or at the early part of the season and bring someone else in. The Jets have an opportunity with the talent, with Darnold, with what they've got on that team. They still have enough talent. To win some games, yeah, but they yeah. are not going to win very many games with Adam Gase. No, just fire him and move on. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you have absolutely nothing to lose. You're not going to win the division. You're not going to go to the playoffs. You might as well move on from Adam Gase. That, that was just the stupidest hiring in recent memory. Yeah, and the stupidest uh, uh, rehire, or not rehiring, but but bringing Retread, him back basically after the second season. You saw what you had last season. I know you don't want to be the Cleveland Browns where you're constantly rehiring or hiring coaches year after year after year, but this, I think, is a good opportunity for the Jets to just fire Adam Gase and move on, promote somebody or hire someone from the outside, but move on from Adam Gase. Yeah. You know, they just played terrible. Yeah. But the Bills, you know, they might be number one in the division. Oh, well, the Patriots. I'm not going to go against it. You're going against Bill Belichick already. but they were, like, they were going to go against Bill Belichick. But, you know, the Bills, they might be able to <laughs> beat them. They look kind of sexy right now. <laughs> they, no, no, but, I, you, you know, know it, fuck Bill Belichick. <laughs> I mean, the, the Bills are going to win this division walking away. Not walking away. I I, I think it's going to be between. You just the, said the, no <laughs> men against Bill Belichick, not a half an hour yeah, ago. Yeah, well, it's been about 45 minutes. But, uh, but you know, I, I still think the Bills are the best team in this division. Okay. 
I'm just saying. I'm just uh, saying. Uh, I, I, I wish you were right, but I am not going to bet against Bill Belichick in this division. Well, all right. I think they're going to win ten games, and the Bill, the Bills will probably actually the Bills probably win ten games. The, the Pats will probably win eleven games. Yeah, well, we'll see how those games go against the Patriots. Those are going to be fun games to watch. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Next up, Franes. Love interest in another yeah. life. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Nobody plays better with some, some. What do you call it? What is it? On your heels? You got somebody on your heels? Aaron Rodgers. All it took to get Aaron Rodgers. You got not, no love. You got no love in the draft. No. All <laughs> it takes for Aaron Rodgers to play well is somebody nipping at his heels. Uh, lazy play calling. Lazy play last year for a lot of the year. Lazy play in many of the years that I mean, preceded come on, it. Look, I mean, look at his receivers. I mean, look at this guy's receivers. I mean, he has Devontae Adams, obviously, but he doesn't have like the top Just name one of the top four receivers in the league. One guy. Okay, one guy. Look at what Tom Brady did with, with Godwin and Evans. Nothing this weekend and Aaron Jones is terrible just terrible I mean Aaron Jones is right he's very good <laughs> I, I just think that this is going to be an interesting year for the Packers uh, they beat the Vikings 43 to 34 and it was never really close at any point during this it was. game it was close in the beginning it was it, be- in, the, in the beginning it was very close it was 5 to 7 and then Aaron Rodgers became Aaron Rodgers of old well he became Aaron Rodgers with somebody nipping at his heels did you see With some a point those, to prove. Did you see some of those sexy passes I did, that he threw? I oh, did, man. I did. Just pinpoint accuracy, corner of the end zone Told to Devontae you, Adams. Man, this guy, amazing. Yeah, you should do a shaft. That's pretty positive. But it's, uh, it's, not, my it's division. not your division. It's not my division. But I've, I've always had that love for Aaron Rodgers, all right? I know you have. We have the bobblehead, but unfortunately our dog, <laughs> you know, loyal to me, chewed off one of the legs of Aaron Rodgers' bobblehead in our house. <laughs> uh, but Aaron Rodgers, 32 of 44 for 364 yards and count them, four yeah. touchdown passes and no interceptions it in the game. It was close until he turned it on. He turned it on for a good chunk of that game, four touchdowns. Aaron Jones, 16 carries for 66 yards and one touchdown. Devontae Adams with two huge touchdowns on 156 yards. He has one good receiver, and he makes him look amazing. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling with a touchdown. Alan Lazard with a touchdown. I think he might have gotten hurt later in the game. If these guys go anywhere else, no receptions. Maybe one or two. But with Aaron Rodgers, 96 yards for <laughs> Scantling. Apparently. Uh, Kirk Cousins, your. Kirk Cousins, 19 of 25 for 259 yards, two, count them, two touchdowns, one costly interception in the game. Dalvin Cook in his money on his bag. He's got the money. He got that big contract in the offseason, 50 yards on 12 carries and two TDs on the ground. Adam Thielen with two TDs and 110 yards on six receptions. Not much to speak of in the remainder of that receiving core. Uh, You know, this was this was a. They took him to school. Yeah. And 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 it was in well, I was gonna say it was, it was it in was, Minnesota. It, it was in Minnesota, but I mean there's no fans there. So I mean there's really no home field advantage, but it's it's always great to win away. I mean, well, what do you think about Rodgers? I mean, what do you think about Rodgers with a little bit of threat? He's, 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 a little no, bit of I, threat. I think I think he's proving a point. He's like, Why the fuck did you get a quarterback? Did you draft Jordan Love the, even though I'm thirty eight? You know why well, I'm gonna play till I'm thirty eight years old. He's thirty seven. He's thirty six. I think he's thirty seven. He's okay, he's up there. But Come on, I mean, there's there was absolutely no reason to draft a quarterback right now. Draft another wide receiver for this guy to throw the ball to. If you want to win in this league, it's a win now league. Get him another wide receiver that knows what the fuck they're doing. He was a little, for lack of a better word, petulant. Aaron Rodgers was getting into his petulant phase, 
And I think it was nice to smack him down a little bit by drafting Jordan Love and bringing him in to compete. You know, potentially, if something were to happen, you, you saw Jordan what happened Love, with the, Jordan Love is not going to compete. But you saw with what Aaron happened Rogers. to the Steelers last year. No, your your starter went down, and all of a sudden, you have a playoff team that doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah, and you know, you have every right as an organization to plan for. They, they call it succession planning out in the rest of the universe, and it's in. Yeah, it's, but Jordan Love, I mean, he didn't warrant a first round pick. He was a, he was, they traded I mean, up to get him. They too. could have. They could have drafted they traded him. Up to they, get him. They probably could have drafted him in the second round, maybe even the third round. But they picked him in the first. I have well, no idea why. In the first. In the first. But, but they could. But it worked. Not. I guess maybe. I don't know. It kind of pissed Aaron Rodgers off. Yeah. But wasn't that the plan um, all along? Maybe. <laughs> Next up. Whoo! I'm just gonna sit back and uh, uh, the Eagles <laughs> 17, the Washington yeah, I mean, it football was, it was team. Just a sad. 27. It was a sad performance. You know, I mean, for about a quarter and a half there, I was very happy. I was very excited. They were up 17 nothing, um, but they just couldn't hold the lead. I mean, eight sacks on Carson Wentz. They 30 just couldn't pressures. get anything. 30, 30 pressures. pressures. I mean, they just really couldn't get anything going. Um, Peterson didn't really change his, his, his game plan throughout the game. I mean, you know, obviously Carson Wentz was being pressured the entire game. At least, you know, call some quick passes, call more run plays. He did absolutely nothing. He was running for his life that and, whole and, game. And, and it, I mean, that, that's, that's a recipe for disaster right there. I mean, when you have your quarterback getting sacked eight times, I'm surprised he even had as many yards as he did with you know 270, two touchdowns. That way. he could have a, he could have had three interceptions. I think he had a few fumbles, maybe one fumble right there. Uh, you know, not the greatest. Pro. I'm not. I'm, I'm. You know, Carson Wentz. He did make some mistakes. He there did, wasn't he, much he, he could do with that kind of pressure. He, he didn't look crisp out there. And uh, yeah, where, where where is that Ben? Carson Carson <laughs> Wentz. A little bit. More Christmas, just just a little From bit. But I mean, you have no time to get the ball out of your hands. I mean, they 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 really had to make a, a a a change in the way they were calling some plays for him. Um, but you know, to be up seventeen nothing and to lose this game against you know the Redskins, like I mentioned last week, they do have a good defense. Last I mean, last year they had a good defense. This year, their defense, their defensive line is still just as good. Um, against a very sorry and and injured. Uh, Eagles offensive line. Um, they just couldn't, I mean, they couldn't block whatsoever. Yeah, you're going to have to do I, I something mean, with that offensive line. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was very disappointing, but this is what I expected. This is why I was not high going into this season I on see the why. Eagles ban. Um, you know, with Brandon Brooks being out, Lane Johnson out this game as well. He may play this weekend, but when you have two of your top offensive linemen out of the game, you can't really fill those positions. I mean, you know, if your running back goes down, you know, the Eagles have plenty of running backs. If your wide receiver goes down, the Eagles have plenty of wide receivers. Even if their well, cornerbacks... Alshon was out, right? He was out, but whatever. Uh, I mean, their cornerbacks, even if they're injured, you throw in the next sorry guy in there. There's not really a huge difference. But as far as offensive line, that's the Eagles' strength. And their defensive line didn't play that great either. Yeah, but Carson Wentz 24 of 42. Mm. Damn near fifty yeah. percent. You're throwing the ball forty two times. Yeah, you can't block with shit. And you're throwing the ball forty two times. You know Peterson really has to look at himself and say, you know what, I got to, I got to be better at, in those game situations. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, it was an ugly game all the way around. Two interceptions for Wentz, Boston Scott, nine carries for thirty five yards. Corey Clement, six carries for nineteen yards. The one bright spot. Yeah, Miles Sanders in the receiving be back core. This yeah, he'll be back too. We'll see. But Dallas but, Goddard, eight receptions for one hundred one yards and a TD. That was nice. Mm -hmm. uh, they they actually announced at, I think, Football Outsiders that they're going to release a new statistic 
this week uh, in honor of Zach Ertz. It's Wylak. It's yards lost after catch. So this is a new statistic for Zach Ertz, who is incapable. Or not uh, catching the ball at all on fourth down, where the ball went through his hands on that on that huge play at the end of the game where they were trying to extend the drive and they just couldn't. But you got to admit, watching a lot of those tight ends around the league on Sunday and yeah. even on Sunday night and on Monday, mm-hmm. uh, all of the yards that were able, I mean, all of the first towns that, that those tight ends were able to fight for to catch, you know, to catch uh, or to try to get the team back in the game by by picking up more yards after the catch. To, I mean, Zach Ertz, uh, why is he incapable of picking up even a single yard well, after not, he catches the, well, the he's, ball? He's not, he's not a small guy. He's not a small guy. He, he's not the greatest blocker either. But I mean, you know that 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 drop at the end of the game that was inexcusable. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it went right through his hands. I mean, that's something that you have to catch. That would have maybe extended the drive, you know, potentially up to a touchdown. Who knows what would have happened beyond that point? But you know, it, it was a terrible performance. You know, Dallas Goddard outperformed him. It wasn't even close. And uh, for him to be asking for a huge contract, there's there's really ain't no gonna happen for it. now. Yeah, it's not after that performance. No. I mean, you, you a, lost all your leverage, basically. This is a regrouping moment, I think, for the Eagles. They've got to sort of regroup their game plan, regroup their personnel. I mean, I know they have some players that were out. They obviously have a slew of injuries, and they, nobody can be blamed for that. But I think they just need to regroup and come back this week uh, against the Rams a with a different game plan in a way that they can capitalize on the skills and the players that they are able to put on the field. But if they if they if they go out there with the same type of game plan, I think it could get it could get ugly. Yeah, early uh, for the Eagles, but in their defense, you have a completely revamped Washington football team with Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. There, you have all of the you know the fortitude from his, from Ron Rivera's players that comes from knowing that they're playing with someone who's struggling with cancer and is nonetheless out there coaching the team. So they're probably really trying to play hard for Ron Rivera. The whole world was against them in the off season with the name change and the whole thing. You know, so I I wouldn't chalk too much up to this. I'd really like to see Ben. They were up seventeen nothing. That's true, but, but, <laughs> but you're not going to say was, anything nice. If it, was, if it was a close game, if it was like you know seven seven at the end of the half, but they were up seventeen nothing or seventeen seven at the end of the half. But a division I mean, game, first game of the year, it doesn't matter. I don't care. You know, you, I think that the Eagles still have the, the Eagles, an opportunity to to compete in this division because was, there are was, no good teams in the division. I was very disappointed, and you know, after seeing Brandon Brooks go down uh, in in the off season. I knew that there would be struggles for this team this year. And it's showing, and I'm sure against the Rams, they're going to struggle mightily. Against, and the Rams look good. Yeah, against against uh, against Donald. But Dwayne Haskins, you know, he did the bare minimum that he needed to do to win, 17-31 to 31 for 178 yards and one, count it, one touchdown. Peyton Barber with two TDs on the ground on 29 yards. Really nothing to speak of on the ground for, for Washington. Antonio Gibson with 36 yards. But really, you were able to hold the rushing game in check for most of the game. Congratulations. You know, Terry McLaurin <laughs> and Steve Smith, Steve Sims Jr. had a yeah. decent game. Uh, Logan Thomas with a TD. Uh, but I think the Eagles have an opportunity here to regroup. And I think Peterson, of all the coaches in the league, will have some magic and a game plan change coming into this game against the Rams. And it could be a little bit closer than you think it's going to be. Come back, Frank Reich. Please. Come back, Please. Frank Reich. Come back. Well, he uh, Philip Rivers played yeah. well. Uh, next up, oh, the Baltimore Ravens defeat the Cleveland Browns 38 to 6. Yeah, this was easy. This was really not much to speak of. Baker Mayfield played like Baker Mayfield. I know he played, you know, we're going to talk about the game that he played on Thursday night, but this was a, this Against was a different shellacking. Competition. Yeah, this was a shellacking. 
Yeah, yeah. No, not not much to say right here. I mean, the Ravens been be difficult in your division. Nah. And you don't get you don't you don't give not them worried. that you don't give them that much credit. Nah, I do get, I give them I, when you just you just told me that I compliment them too much. <laughs> no, the Bengals, yes. Well, the Bengals. I'm, I'm so rooting much. for the Bengals yeah. against the Browns. Unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't get didn't get the win there. Yeah, but I mean, not much not much to say here. I mean, you know, the Baltimore looks just as good as last year, but also. It was the Browns. Yeah, I mean Jackson only threw the ball twenty five times, twenty of twenty five. Yeah, but twenty for twenty five. He only threw it twenty times. Twenty five attempts though. Two hundred seventy five yards yeah, for three. Only three touchdowns. Touchdowns. Big deal. Seven seven carries, forty five yards on the ground. Yeah, but they're they're weak. That's all he did. They're weak in their running game with Mark Ingram. Ten ten carries for twenty nine yards. Another year older for Mark Ingram. Uh, Marquise Brown again related to Antonio Brown, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but they're a little bit weak in their receiving core. I, I continue to believe that they're a little bit weak in their receiving core. So we'll see how this goes. But they just yeah. beat the living yeah. crap how much say there. out of the Cleveland Browns. And it made me feel somewhat good because, <laughs> I don't know, I can't root for the Browns. Minshew mania. Uh, next up, the Colts go down to the Jacksonville Jaguars 27-20. to 20, With Phillip Rivers actually had a pretty good game. Notwithstanding the two interceptions, he actually played pretty well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he tried to do too much in this game. Especially after he has to trust his team. Yeah, especially after Mac went down. Trust in Frank Reich. He knows (laughs) what he's doing. Uh, Philip Rivers, thirty-six of forty-six for three hundred sixty-three yards, one count it touchdown, and subtracted two interceptions in the game. Uh, Naheem Hines with seven carries for twenty-eight yards and a TD. Uh, Receivers didn't do too much. Paris Campbell with six. Receptions for 71 yards. Jonathan Taylor, six receptions for 67 yards. And Naheem Hines with a touchdown uh, through the air. But as Frane said, Minshew mania in full effect. 19 of 20. 19 of 20. That looks like 95% completion <laughs> very, percentage to me. Very efficient. Yeah. Three touchdowns there. I mean, this game was, I mean, I was surprised. I, you know, I, I expected, you know, I picked the Colts to win uh, last weekend, but I, I, I was shocked. I was shocked. I'm, I'm sure a lot of Colts fans out there, th- you know, chalked this up as a victory. Did not happen. Minshew Mania round two. Yeah, defense played pretty well. Keelan Cole with a touchdown on 47 yards. Uh, DJ Clark with a touchdown on 25 yards. Uh, LaVisca Chenault Jr. with a touchdown and 37 yards. But this is why you don't listen to Skip Bayless and the rest of the clown show on ESPN and FS1. Uh, there is no tanking for Trevor here, the the Gardner Minshew and Doug Marone and company are trying to win games. No one tanks in the NFL. No one purposely loses games. This is not the NBA. The NFL does not have teams that, you know, on purpose tank to get high draft picks. It just, I've never seen it happen. Uh, but what do you think about the Jags essentially laying down a marker here in the AFC you know, South. They'll, they'll still probably finish third or fourth in the division, but it was still, it was, it was, it was an impressive showing after all of the moves in the off season, losing so many key players. Um, it, you know, I, I, I was shocked. I, I really was surprised uh, that they came out with the victory. All right. Next up, the Raiders. The Raiders. You know, uh, Friday picked the Raiders. I picked the Panthers, and the Panthers could have won this game, but for a ridiculously horrific fourth down call by Matt Rule in the fourth quarter uh, where the Panthers were not able to convert, and ultimately that ended the game. Uh, But Derek Carr, 22 of 30 for 239 yards and one, count it, one touchdown in a 34-30 to win. Josh Jacobs down. 
Josh Jacobs actually went down in this game as well. He was going to the IR. Uh, Josh Ooh, Jacobs. A great game. The great game. 25 for nine, 25 carries for 93 yards and three. Count them. Three huge touchdowns. Receiving not much to speak of for the Raiders. Uh, Henry Ruggs on 55, 55 yards. Nelson Aguilar with a huge 23-yard oh, touchdown catch, catch in the, in the back catch. corner of yeah, the end zone. He didn't drop it. But he had a nice catch in that back corner uh, of the end zone. Sure one catch every once in a while. The Panthers, Teddy, I am not Tyrod Taylor Bridgewater, 22 of 34 for 269 yards and one. Count it. One huge touchdown. Christian McCaffrey, as always, 23 carries for yeah. 97 yards and two touchdowns. Robbie Anderson, who looks like he will break the second anyone touches him. Six receptions for if you see he's he's so thin. I just wonder how he was able to survive a college career and now a pro. I mean, he's skinnier than me. Luck. I mean, he's 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 living on the edge there. Six or six receptions for 114 yards and one touchdown. But what say you about the the Carolina Panthers? They kept it close. It was close. It was a close game all around. I mean, I, I picked the Raiders to win this game, and I and I, I think the Raiders are going to be better this year than they were last year. I really do. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think they'll probably win. You know. Eight to nine games potentially. Somewhere on there, I, I think that it, you know they, you know, since the playoff field has been expanded, I, they have a chance. They have a chance to make it. I don't disagree. Uh, next up, we got the oh, this, oh, this was a heartbreaker. Man, what happened here? The Bears with a huge comeback win with Mitchell. <sighs> don't call me Mitch Trubisky, twenty-seven to twenty-three over the Lions after. Being way up in this game, the Bears with 21 unanswered points oh. in the fourth quarter when Mitchell Trubisky takes down Matt Stafford, who had the opportunity to win the game at the goal line, a drop pass at the cool right or left corner of the end zone. Oh, what do yeah. you think about that one? I mean, it's it was a heartbreaker. For Matt Detroit. Stafford should have won that game in the in the last yeah, well, in the la- that he last was drive. There. The ball was in the hands of the receiver. It was there, but I mean, you can't you can't allow Mitchell Trubisky to become the second coming of Dan Marino in this game. I, mean, I was already three, to see. I mean, I was watching the game, touchdowns. and I'm, I'm like, I'm already to see to see Nick Foles coming in the game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the first half didn't look pretty, but man, he really turned it on the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, I don't think it's going to last. Uh, obviously, he had a, a very good fourth quarter. But, you know, for Detroit, we question why Clippers still have fans. Why does Detroit still have fans? Yeah, I know. I, I mean, they just completely, I was hoping. They completely shit the bed in this one. At the end of the game, I mean, this is a heartbreaker. This is a tough division. They're not going to win too many games. You know, I mean, Green Bay and Minnesota are very good teams. I mean, this is this is one of those games that you have to win. This is, I mean, this is, it's, it's sad. I mean, I can't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, because I was I was kind of watching on red zone. I was watching on red zone. I'm like another touchdown from from Mitchell Trubisky, and then another one. I'm like, oh shit, it's getting kind of close, and, and then, they just boom. kept on coming. Yeah. Oh my god, Mitch could have had Deshaun Watson, could have had Patrick Mahomes, could have had uh, who else? Who else was in that draft that they that they passed up? I mean, that just I mean, just those two. Guys. But just Patrick, but Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes could have been Chicago Bears, but they wanted. Mitchell. They moved Trubisky. Up. 20 for 36, 242 yards and three. Count them. Three touchdowns in the game. No touchdowns on the ground. David Montgomery had a decent game with 64 yards, but Anthony Miller with a touchdown. Jimmy Graham with, you know, you're, you know, it's a bad state of affairs if Jimmy Graham has a touchdown. Uh, and Javon Wims with a touchdown. 
uh, for the Lions. Poor Matt Stafford, 24 of 42 for 297 yards. And count it, mm. one touchdown and subtract it, one I mean, look interception. Adrian Peterson, the ageless wonder, 14 carries, 93 yards, 6.6 yard average. What was it, a million-dollar contract? The Steelers could have had this guy. Yeah, I know. For almost nothing, 14 carries for 92 yeah, yards. That's pretty impressive. Uh, DeAndre, yeah, DeAndre With Swift. Injuries. It's just, uh, uh, we'll talk yeah, about James it, Conner and his. Pretty crazy game. Pretty crazy game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they came back. They win the game. I I, I thought that Detroit was going to pull it out there at the end. And if mm-hmm. they had just, I can't remember the receiver's name, if he had held on to it in the end zone, that game would have been over. Uh, next up, we got the Seattle Seahawks, 38-25. to And the game was not that close. Mm-mm. But, Frane, what do you think about the Seattle Seahawks coming out and just yeah. busting up? 31. The Atlanta Falcons on their home court. Russell Wilson, 31 for 35, 322 yards and four touchdowns. The man Count with the em. most beautiful long ball in the, the league. The history of the league. The perfect, perfect spiral. Um, I mean, you know, they, they, I, I was very shocked by this game. I mean, I did pick them, you know, last week to win. I thought it would be much closer than this, but they went up early. I think it was 14-0, 14-3. Uh, you know, the, the Falcons made a little bit of a run there, but, you know, the Seahawks, unlike years past, really turned it on and did not even make this game close. They let Russ we're so, cook. so used to the other team coming back and, and Sonia pacing and back and forth yeah. in the backyard, yeah, nervous until the end. I can't remember where she yeah. was, but she wouldn't watch it. And Pete Carroll, of course, what did he say this week? We're going to get our running game going more so this next game. You know, of course, that's what he's going to say. Uh, but Russell no. Wilson... <laughs> Hands down, the best quarterback in the NFL. Sorry, Aaron Rodgers. Sorry, Patrick Mahomes. But Russell Wilson is, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the league, probably by a pretty big margin. Uh, as Franny said, thirty-one of thirty-five for thirty-one of thirty-five for three hundred thirty-two yards and four. Count them, four touchdowns. Look at that line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Wilson also ran for twenty-nine yards. Carlos Hyde, good pickup by the Seattle Seahawks, twenty-three yards and a touchdown. DK Metcalf with 95 yards on four receptions and a touchdown. Chris Carson with two touchdowns receiving. And Greg Olson, the ageless wonder with a touchdown uh, reception from Russell Wilson. We also have your Matt Ryan, who pledged to be the best quarterback in the NFC Hey. North or NFC South, this yeah. division. He had 450 yards. He, had he four- never said which way he'd be the best. Not with the most wins, but his stats might be That's up there. That's true. That's true. 37 of 54 for 454, 150 uh, yards. A lot of garbage, yeah. garbage yards. But count them, two touchdowns and subtract one interception. Todd Gurley, who's supposed to be the savior down there, 14 carries on 56 yards and a touchdown. And Calvin Ridley with two touchdowns through the air. Yeah, but Julio. Julio Jones, of course, with 157 yards. yards. And Calvin Ridley with yeah. 130. But what a Gross. great win. What a great win, though, for, uh, for Seattle in this one. You know, we thought, we both thought that this would be a close game. Um, it was almost like a toss-up. It was like a 50-50 sort of game for uh, for the Seahawks. But I mean, they looked very impressive. I don't. I'd have, in that division, you know, we had San Francisco. They performed very poorly. We'll talk about that. But I mean, the Seahawks really impressed me in this game. Yeah, for sure. And and, and I get it. You you can't win. You have to be prepared to win games without your quarterback. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know you have to be prepared to do that. The Steelers had to be prepared to do that last year. And I understand why Pete Carroll wants wants to have a more consistent game plan week to week. But if this is what Russell Wilson is capable of doing when you take the gloves off, yeah. No one needs to run the ball. Why more. would you not continue to do this? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to come up with a game plan on the fly regardless if Russell Wilson somehow goes down. Yeah. But for God's sake, I mean this is the this this team could as I've always said, this team with the right 
with the right tools, could go 16-0 and with Russell Wilson if he's allowed to do what Russell Wilson does. But this game wasn't even close hmm. at any point. Yeah, no. I mean, I was I was shocked. I was shocked. When it was 14-0, 14-3, they just, I mean, they blew it wide open right at the beginning of the game. It's not something the Seahawks usually do. They they usually let the opponent linger. You know, it's usually a close game, a field goal here, or a touchdown at yep. the end of the game. But they really went out there. They were determined to win this game and 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 turn things around compared to what they were the last few years. Yeah. Just, I, you know, I, I, and, and like you said, I mean, just 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 let Russell Wilson do his thing. Who cares about the running game? I mean, you know, be prepared to run the ball when you need to run the ball. But if you have Russell Wilson out there, just throw the motherfucking ball around. Yeah, That's I mean, and, and the defense played well. Jamal Adams was excited as hell. Yeah. Bobby Wagner yeah. had a great game. Uh, they don't miss Jadavion Jadavion Clowney at all. at all. You know that defense played well. They even played well in the secondary. So, you know, that should be the game plan going forward. Atlanta is a better team than this than these numbers show. I think so. And I think that it shows that the Seattle Seahawks are ready uh to take this division, hopefully, barring any injuries. Yeah, yeah. Uh next up, your New England Patriots defeat the Miami Dolphins 21 to 11. Uh Ryan Fitzpatrick 20 of 30 for 191 yards and zero touchdowns and subtract but- three huge interceptions in that game. And only one touchdown on the ground. Jordan yeah. Har- Jordan Howard uh, trying to, to resurge his career down there in uh, Miami yeah, with seven yards and a touchdown on eight, eight carries and oh, seven geez. yards. Those aren't good numbers. I, I can't find anything nice to talk yeah. about in, mean, the, in the receiving game. It wasn't that exciting. I mean, it was an exciting game. You know, I mean, Cam Newton played well enough. Uh, he was out for an entire season. So, I mean, it was good for him to come back, make his return. And, and you know, he, he had an easy opponent, you know, 15 for 19, 155 yards. A lot of people a are picking of, Miami to win this division. Yeah, a couple of a couple of running touchdowns, you know, something you don't see with Tom Brady. Um, so it, it was it was a good performance, but we'll see how they play against stiffer competition. Yeah, I mean, Cam Newton, 75 yards on the ground, 155 yards in the air, two touchdowns on the ground. It, but, I mean, this is, but it's also indicative of Bill Belichick. I mean, Bill Belichick with all... All things considered, didn't pay much for Cam Newton, so he can really put this guy at risk yeah. throughout the season by continuing to do this week after week after week with a, with a you know a six hundred thousand dollar contract with I don't know what it was three million dollar cap mm-hmm. with incentives. I mean, if this were Tom Brady, he probably wouldn't be willing to abuse abuse him the way he's probably going to abuse. Uh, it'd be a different game, Cam Newton. Yeah, yeah. So he can do essentially whatever he wants to do with this offense. And whatever creativity he can come up with in his brain, and Josh McDaniels, they're gonna they're gonna win a lot of games, I think, with this particular game plan. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna come back and finish up the rest of week one. All right, and we are back, and we're going to finish up week one and make our predictions for week two. Oh, what do you think about this one, Friday? Chargers. Oh, Bengals 16 man. to 13. Tyrod Taylor. Burrow realized what it means to be a Bengal in this one. <sighs> Ridiculous. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say that. I'm actually was... happy that I saw a lot of more offensive pass interference calls this week because I think that's only fair. You know why Tyrod Taylor is starting? I have no idea. 
you know, I, 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 we talked about this at length on the podcast multiple times. You draft a quarterback in the first round and you start Tyrod Taylor. I mean, that makes absolutely no sense. I mean, the Bengals are at least starting Burrow in this, I mean, if, to start the season. You know, there's, there's no backup. He, he is the starter. You drafted high, you wanted him, and you got him for Justin Herbert to sit on the bench. That's a travesty. Yeah, I mean, Carolina trades away or lets Cam Newton walk in lieu of Teddy Bridgewater, who is a solid quarterback. The San Francisco 49 or the San Francisco or they sorry, the Los Angeles Chargers draft Justin Herbert and start Tyrod Taylor. The Miami Dolphins run out Ryan Fitzpatrick for no reason when they've got Tua Tagovailoa sitting there. The only team that was actually gutsy enough to start. Their rookie quarterback was the. Well, they have no other options actually, but well, I mean, you know, but there's still, always though. options. Still though, there's always some. You know, they could have signed Josh McCown and, I mean, and ran him out they there. Could've. I mean, well, the Eagles have him. That's true. But they, I mean, before the during he's, the the off he's, season, he's, he's playing PS4 and probably putting his yeah. new order for PS5. He's going to wait for that and play it on the couch while the Eagles, you know, play out the season. But I don't know. But this was a. I mean, the, the Chargers should have lost this game. But for an offensive pass interference call on AJ Green at well, the end of the game, also the field goal that missed field goal yeah, the at the end of the game goal. that was huge, and you could have seen it in. in and what happened to him? Did he? Did he? Did he tear? A, did he pull a hamstring? Did he? Pull I mean, a, I don't even I, know. I, I don't know if he was just I faking walked it. Away. I, I, I walked away. Yeah. I was like, all I heard in the background was, "Guy, you know, looks like he hurt himself. Looks like he tore." I, no, I, I think that's like one of those things that like you you pretend like you tore something just so you can save yourself some embarrassment. It's like when you're, you're when you're playing soccer and you have a wide open net in front of you and you're just kick it over the goalpost and you just lay and down just, and, and hold like, your, oh, hold your God, I, yeah exactly it's, it's one of those fake injuries that he sustained at that moment but i'm sure he's just fine you know 25 minutes after the game he's like you know i'm good now i'm good all right but i'm sorry i mean we know who these quarterbacks are we know ooh. who tyrod taylor is there's we, a skunk somewhere out here oh there's a skunk see we <laughs> record this podcast in the danger zone outside uh, I don't want to get with the skunks and the possums and the rain I'm good with rain and, and the heat and, and heat but skunks I'm not a big fan of skunks oh I can smell it yeah oh you got that you see it? it's like burning <laughs> yeah. tires but I mean we know who Tyrod Taylor is we know who Ryan Fitzpatrick is we know who these quarterbacks are and we know what you can expect from them and it is not good so mm. why you wouldn't run Justin Herbert out there you got 16 points with Tyrod Taylor with this offense with Austin Eckler with Josh Kelly with Hunter Henry with Mike Williams with Keenan Allen you you were able to muster 16 lousy points if you don't think mm-hmm. Justin Herbert could could salvage and somehow manage to get 16 points on the board I think you're sadly mistaken yeah. especially in this division this year Kansas City is going to take this division easily yeah you know the Raiders are looking better but Burrow, I mean, 193 yards, 23 for 36, didn't play particularly well, but had poise. I no, think he at that, uh, you know, he made that huge mistake. He had that, um, that, that uh, in the in the fourth quarter. Oh, that in terrible the red interception zone. at the goal line. Yeah, that, he, that that was. I mean, you know, learning experience right there. Uh, he's probably not going to do it in the future, but uh, you know, in in that that two minute drill that he had towards the end of the game to bring them back, uh, you know, and and. Almost and they had that touchdown. Tied the game. They you know, AJ tied the Green game. had that touchdown. He was called for for that PI. Um, but you know, to to bring them back into the game into scoring position, I mean, he showed a lot of poise in that situation, and and uh, he actually did play well. Even even the next game that we'll talk about that he played, and he, he played all right. Yeah, and a decent kicker. I mean, makes that kick to tie the game. They get the overtime. Never know what happens, and you don't know what happens. Yeah. So I mean, I wouldn't put this one on Burrow, but I would no, put this completely. one on the Dolphins on the and on the Chargers and the other teams yeah. that have decided yeah. to go. With quarterbacks that have not proven anything in this league other than maybe Tyrod Taylor taking the the Bills to their one playoff berth in whatever it was, 17 years. But we know what Ryan Fitzpatrick has to offer you. We know what these other quarterbacks can do. 
And to not start Justin Herbert in this game, I just think was a big, big mistake. I mean, he started for, Drew Locke at the end of last for year. For Green Bay, not to start Jordan Love over Aaron Rodgers. Oh my God, Travis. Dean. Well, but at least, you, at least you know. <laughs> well, you have Aaron Rodgers, right? But if, but if, but if you know Teddy Bridgewater down in Carolina, I understand why they let Cam Newton go. Teddy Bridgewater won six games or five or six games with New Orleans last year. They didn't lose a single game when he was starting. He's been he's proven to be a really capable quarterback, maybe not a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, but a capable quarterback. Taylor is not that, and Fitzpatrick is not that, and these other guys are not that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Joe Burrow, you know, I just thought that the Bengals would play better. I, I, well, I think they made the right choice for a quarterback. I mean, you never know, you know, picking that early in the draft, which quarterback is going to be the best from that draft class. But it seems like Joe Burrow was the right decision to be picked that high above those others. Yeah, defense didn't play great, but I mean, look at the talent. They got Joe Mixon. They've got they've got AJ Green, uh, Uzama. The tight end is down. I think he might be out for a significant period of time. I think he might even be out for the season. Uh, Tyler Boyd, John Ross. Well, Tyler Boyd's actually pretty good. John Ross, perennially underachieving wide receiver. They probably should have let him go years ago. Uh, but I think the Bengals have a, a brighter future than the Browns, notwithstanding the Browns win later mm-hmm. in the week mm-hmm. uh next up Oof. my favorite game of the you week called because it. You i called, called it. it even though you don't we're not going to talk about the games that i got wrong <laughs> uh but the arizona cardinals beat the super bowl contending san francisco 49ers 24 to 20 kyler murray 26 of 40 for 230 yards count it one touchdown, subtract one interception in the game. 91 yards on the ground for Kyler Murray on 13 carries and a touchdown. Kenyon Drake with a touchdown. And Chase Edmonds with a touchdown through the air with DeAndre Hopkins, who tweeted out some nastiness to the Houston Texans this past week. But 151 yeah. yards, 11 Eleven yard average uh, per reception in this game, but Frane, what say you about? I was surprised the Arizona Cardinals taking out shocked. the. You weren't shocked, Ben. I was shocked though in this one. I want some money on this um, game, but you know, I mean, last year San Francisco did struggle against mobile quarterbacks, and they struggled mightily against Kyler Murray. You know, he had a couple of great runs there. Uh, you know, towards the end of the game that that put them in scoring positions, um, and and also DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, how did the te- Texans let go of this guy? I have no idea. Sign this guy. Look what he did in his first game with Kyler Murray, with with not a rookie quarterback, second year quarterback. Second year. You know, I mean, I I just don't get it. I yeah. mean, it, it makes. Well, what do you know? It's, a second year quarterback after playing an entire year yeah, as a I mean, rookie is Deshaun, better than he was the first year. And Desha- I'm shocked. <laughs> Deshaun Watson. I mean, he really needs wide receivers and yeah. to send this guy to ship him off to Arizona. And you see the difference that he made for this team yep. in this one game against the best team in that division last year. They went all the way to the Super Bowl. But, I mean, I give credit to Kyler Murray. I give a lot of credit to DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but Jimmy GQ, he played a terrible game. He was pretty oh, bad. He played horrific. No crispness whatsoever in this one, especially at the end of the game. And he almost threw the ball away. It should have been an interception. Yep. It shouldn't have even gotten to that point where they had that goal line uh, pass that uh, uh, was the pass that just um, it was an incompletion. I can't remember exactly. But he had, that, right he had that really line? he had that really bad uh, pass that would have been intercepted. He was kind of scrambling around, threw it up in the air. Just lost and it. He, he was lucky there was a, there was a, a, a call on. I don't know if it was offsides or whatever it was. I can't remember. But I mean. You know, he he, played, he he did not play a good game. Yeah, 19 of 33 for 259 yards and two, count them, two touchdowns, no touchdowns on the ground. The one big play in the game came on Raheem Mostert's long reception. It was a 95, I think it was a 70-yard reception. 
Mostert ended up with 95 yards in a game and a touchdown. Jarrett McKinnon ended up with a touchdown. But Anthony Lynn, do you see how well a quarterback can play in their second year after playing an entire first year by learning, by playing, by learning, by doing? So you could throw Justin Herbert and Tua Tagovailoa and then next year, what but they will be they will be where Kyler Murray was last year. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about the Niners though? The Niners they they got injury troubles. Yeah. They got quarterback troubles. They I got mean, no wide receivers like they had last year. Last yeah. year they had you know they they let Emmanuel Sanders go. The Rams They're, looked good. The Seahawks looked good and the 49ers were really disappointed in their first game of the season and and you know this is overreaction weekend. We don't know how they're going to play moving forward. But um it did not look good for the Niners. It it, it moving forward We'll see. I'm excited to watch this division yeah, for sure. My bank account thanks you, Kyler Murray, <laughs> because I I bet heavy on that game. You straight did, up you, on you, the you line. Called it, I, and 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 I was questioning you last week, but you know you have something up your sleeve. Actually, I told well, you. That, I'm telling you, the Niners were a one hit wonder last year. They traded away too many players. Their defense yeah, is still pretty up your, solid. Up your tank. I mean, you've been, you've been wearing top. more that's tanks true. lately that's to true. show off your muscles, your guns, <laughs> man. You've been working out. Well, that's true. You know, if you got it. Flaunt, Flaunt it. it. <laughs> I just need to get a girdle or something to hold in my stomach. Uh, next up, we got the probably the the first or second most anticipated game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of the week. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers go down thirty four to twenty three to the Nolan Saints. Uh, Tom Brady twenty three of thirty six for two hundred thirty nine yards. Two count them. Hey, two touchdowns. Look at that. Two, two touchdowns. Two INTs. He might go thirty for thirty this year too. Yeah, he might. Maybe it was the offense. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it wasn't Jameis Winston. Exactly. Maybe it was the offense after all. Uh, Tom Brady with a touchdown on the ground, as per usual. Uh, O.J. Howard with a touchdown through the air, but Chris Godwin with seventy-nine yards. Scott Miller with seventy-three yards. O.J. Howard with thirty-six yards. Uh, rushing Ronald Jones seventeen carries for sixty-six yards. Drew Brees eighteen to thirty for very efficient eighteen to thirty. Eh. Well, not that not that efficient. No interceptions. Yards. That's important. Yeah, two touchdowns, Taysom Hill. What do you know? He threw the ball once for 38 yards. <laughs> uh, Latavius Murray, who was some for some strange reason in this game, far more than he needed to be, uh, 48 yards on 15 carries. Yeah, I mean, Alvin Kamara, you signed him to that huge contract. And you give him the ball 12 times. That is just stupid. I mean, why are you giving him the ball 12 times, yeah. 12 carries for 16 yards and a touchdown? That, that, I mean, he got a touchdown, but I mean, still, 12 yards, I mean, you mean... Have this guy carry the rock. Yeah. I mean, five receptions for 51 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he, he should be he should be rushing 20 times a game. Yeah. And Emmanuel Sanders, three receptions and a touchdown. Sorry, Kyle Shanahan. You let Emmanuel Sanders go. Never trade away a former Pittsburgh Steeler. <laughs> but this is this was uh, you know, it could not, it might not be perfect and wonderful down in Tampa if Tom Brady and Bruce Arians cannot get on the same page. Yeah, no, don't call it your quarterback for sure. Um, but I mean, it was, it was, it was, uh, you know, I, I expected this, the, the Saints to win this game. Um, but early on, I thought the Bucks could win. They drove down the field easily, scored a touchdown, made it seven nothing. I figured, all right, this is, this is the, the new coming of this Tampa Bay team with all these talented players on it. They're not going to be easy to beat. And then the Saints just completely turned it around, steamrolled them. It wasn't even close at all. Yeah, but they should not be easy to beat. Leonard Fournette, yeah. Scott, Excuse me, Scott Miller, Chris God uh, on the ground, Scott Miller or and Chris Godwin, OJ Howard, and Rob Gronkowski, along with Mike Evans uh as receivers. LaShawn McCoy even had a reception for two yards down there. But the the, the Bucks have got to play better if they mm-hmm. want to have any hopes of competing in this division. Mm-hmm. Because Carolina looked better than I think a lot of people expected last week. Yep. 
Uh, next up, Friday's favorite game of the week after getting through that Eagle game, the Dallas Cowboys. Skip! Go, they go down to the LA Rams 20 to 17, and it wasn't really even that close. It was a little. It was uh, it, 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 like, well, yes and no. Yes and no. I mean, at, at, at the Rams had the ball for extended periods of time, and they really could have put the Cowboys away, but they just kind of let them well, the hang around. The time of possession, you're right. Yeah. The but, uh, you know, 2017, and it came down towards the end of the game with that P.I. call, you know, that, that could have gone the, the Cowboys' way but did not. Um, this game could have finished easily in favor of the Cowboys. It was the right was call. Going. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't it, it was, egregious, it was, but it was. I mean, it was a great acting job. It was definitely a great acting Look, man, job. they call offensive pass they interference. Do. They do. It, finally. Mean, they did a couple of times, actually, yeah. Yeah, a few I mean, times. I think in the Steelers week. game, too, yeah. and, and, uh, and and also in the Bengals game they, against A.J. Green, they called that. And but that that's was, why uh, you pay Jalen Ramsey $20 million a year. Yeah, he's a great actor. Because he got a win for him right here. Yeah, exactly, he did. He did. But, you know, the, the Rams should have easily pulled this one out. You know, it should have been, you know, at least 28, maybe even 35. But for some reason, they let the Cowboys hang around in this one. But Dak, I want Patrick Mahomes money. Prescott, 25 of 39 for 266 yards and one touchdown. I don't think one touchdown is going to do it if you want a 40-plus million dollar contract extension. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, 22 carries for 96 yards and a touchdown. Not much to speak of on the ground. Amari Cooper for 81 yards, played pretty terrible in this game on 10 carries. And Ezekiel Elliott with one reception for a touchdown. But CeeDee Lamb, rookie receiver with five catches for 59 yards. But on the other side of the ball, Jared Goff getting his first read, getting to the play action pass, 20 of 31 for 275 yards. No touchdowns. He was efficient. He was efficient. He did what he needed to do in this game to get the win. But he also needs to play better. But Malcolm, who the hell is Todd Gurley Brown? 18 carries on seven, 79 yards for eight on 18 carries are two count them, two huge touchdowns in the game. Jared Goff even rumbled for 15 yards on four carries. Uh, but Robert Woods, six carries for 105 yards are working on a contract for Mr. Woods. Cooper Cup had a pretty slow game, four carries for, or four catches for 40 yards. Tyler Higby on four, for 40 yards on three catches. Uh, but, but this, this Rams team, you were right. I was wrong. I was predicting that the Rams were going to play pretty badly this year, that the the bloom was off the rose for Sean McVay and his team, but they just beat the Cowboys. So I yeah. I bow to your yeah. better predictive I mean, skills was, in terms was, of the Rams. You know, watching the Eagles lose was terrible, but getting to see the Cowboys lose on Sunday night, that was also nice. And that's a shot. That's, I didn't say anything negative. <laughs> watching the Cowboys lose made I mean, up it, for the it, Eagles it, loss. It, that's a it, shot. Not, Come on. not it, completely it, made up. It didn't completely make up for you it. You said loss it. Is the cat loss. is out of the bag. But if the Eagles are going to lose, I want to see the Cowboys lose the same weekend. It was it was gratuitous and it was insulting and now you got to do a shot. <laughs> but that stadium. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful stadium. They have a lake. And it's I not, didn't realize I, I there was a lake. They, they do have a little waterfalls and everything No wonder I can't there. water my lawn. All the water is down in the stadium in Inglewood. But, I mean, they did an excellent job with that stadium. Unfortunately, it was empty, completely empty. Um, but what a beautiful job they did with that stadium. I mean, it's oh, been it's in, amazing. It's I been can't under construction for, for, you know, quite a few years now. You know, $5 billion, um, you know, a lot of money. But it really showed, uh, you know, and it's not even completely done yet. I mean, they just opened it up just to try to get the game in there. But I, I, I think there, there's there's still more to come. I think on the on – the, uh, on the roof, actually, they, they can actually, um, I don't know if they have LED screens up there. They didn't have that on in this one, but it's going to be even more beautiful. Yeah, one. that beautiful translucent roof. And Jerry yeah. Jones allegedly well, you know, got a nice walkthrough for part of the day the day before and had all these compliments. But yeah. you see, Jerry, 
You see what happens when you don't just build a giant box in the middle of Arlington and throw a giant TV screen in it. You see what happens when you actually hire an architect to build something that isn't just a giant box of a stadium. All right, just a tiny shot. I'll take one with you. All I'll right. take whatever you take. But 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 compared to that to that monstrosity down there, and I think it's in Arlington, right where they play. Uh yeah. And that stadium is just a giant stadium with a huge television screen. There's really nothing particularly yep. unique about yeah. it, otherwise, I mean, I mean, other this, than the players walk through the restaurant, which is probably the, uh, yeah, this, a, a this dumb stadium, idea. This stadium is aesthetically pleasing, but yeah, it's I mean, just it's it's, it's it's a very L.A. versus you know Dallas kind of like L.A. It's very sleek. It's right, very well, it's designed just about the same. Man, it's designed by architects. It's very aesthetically pleasing. It's beautiful. It has water outside, and what you get in Dallas, which is just build me a big box with as many people in there as I can get, and put me the big TV up there. You know, it's essentially what the difference is. So, Jerry, sorry. Cheers. All right, let's do this. You no longer have any of the top three or four stadiums in the league. Yeah, no. But, I mean... I, I take MetLife over the one in, in uh, no, over, over no. Dallas. I don't know if I take MetLife. I'm sure a lot of New York fans are not very happy with that box. But it's open air. <laughs> yeah, at least it's open air. All right, next up. Ooh. My Bad. fourteen and two Pittsburgh Steelers beat down the New York Giants twenty six to sixteen, and it really wasn't even that close. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, in his return, shaked the rust off in the first quarter and finishes up twenty three or twenty one of thirty two for two hundred twenty nine yards and three count them three touchdowns in the game. Benny Snell coming in for an injured as usual. James Conner nineteen carries one hundred thirteen yards six. Count them six yards per carry for Benny Snell, who front eight doesn't seem to like. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, six carries or six catches for 69 yards and two touchdowns. James Washington with a touchdown. Deontay Johnson with 57 yards. Uh, poor, poor Daniel Jones, 26 of 41 against that Steelers defense. 279 yards, two, count them, two touchdowns and subtract two interceptions in the game. Darius Slayton receiving two touchdowns on 102 yards and not much on the ground. Saquon. MVP Barkley. The Steelers hold him to 15 carries. Mm. And do you see how many yards he had there? Only six point four yards per carry. And 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 here that's, we come. That's the huge difference maker right there. I mean, that Steelers defense looked very impressive. I mean, you know, the New York Giants aren't the best team in the league, but the Steelers, not. The, the Steelers made them look like they were not even close to being the best team in the league. Um, you know, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, like you said. He was he, he had a slow start, but he picked it up. Snell, who I've said a lot of negative things about, had yeah, a huge game. Yeah, for some game. reason, I don't know why. Well, you last, had this an- antagonism last year, he didn't Snell. play that great. He, he played like terrible four, last he had like year. Four hundred yards last season. Um, but you know, he he definitely he hit the gym. Well, you know, he, he played against the Giants. We'll see how he goes, how he plays moving forward. Uh, but no, this was this was a good performance by the Steelers. It's what they needed. Give me something especially after last season with the backup quarterbacks and it's kind of struggling through the entire season to have Roethlisberger back and healthy, and hopefully he continues to be healthy. And Juju Smith Schuster, a new lease on life with two touchdowns. He played like the Juju of two years ago. Yeah, and Ben Roethlisberger determined to get the ball to Juju Smith-Schuster, saying that he wants to be the man this year. He tried and tried to get the ball to him and get him going, and he did mm-hmm. the same thing. Didn't give up on Deontay Johnson, yeah. even though he played and poorly. post game, post-game interview, Juju runs off the field screaming, this is my quarterback! Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's about time we got Ben Roethlisberger back. He stuck with Deontay Johnson, even though he didn't play particularly well early on in that game, but he stuck with him and got him the confidence that he needed to get 
to get on track, and he did, in fact, get on track. He ended up with 57 yards, but he had some drops, and he stuck with them. Uh, we actually got a little bit of play out of our out of our tight ends, but not a particularly great play out of our tight ends. Apparently, the Steelers will get through their entire franchise history without actually going to their tight ends that aren't named Heath Miller. Uh, but this was a great, great game for the Steelers. Uh, you know, it took Roethlisberger a little bit to shake the rust off, but but considering he hadn't played a game in 364 days, I think from the third from the second quarter on, he looked about as sharp as you could expect given the the extraordinarily long layoff that he had. But what do you think, Ronnie? It's good. I mean, I thought, <laughs> well, I just talked about, about Roethlisberger, it. Play, about <laughs> Roethlisberger and, how he, and how he played. No, I mean, like he's, I mean, he, he did start slow, but I mean, he had that little awkward wiggle towards the end of the game to get away from uh, from the defenders and, and uh, you know, moving forward in the next few games, I'm, I'm sure he's going to look even more so like that old Roethlisberger. Yeah, Benny, or, uh, James Conner went down, I think, with a hamstring or a knee or something. Allegedly, yeah. he's going to play, but. You know, I think that the Steelers, the only mistake the Steelers made in the offseason other than not drafting a quarterback was not to get a cheap backup running back like Adrian Peterson when he was available mm -hmm. because it looks like James Conner is going to be the same old James Conner. So we may have That's to. That's sad. I mean, I, we wished him all the best, you know, before the season, but sucks he got injured but first game. But do you game. think my 14 and 2 prediction is still, it's still outlandish? Early. It's still early. Like I said, it's, uh, you know, let we... me be happy. <laughs> let me be happy about the Steelers. And I can tell you have been, Ben. I mean, you have that huge grin on your face. Um, but, you know, Week one is last year was terrible, man. Overreaction weekend. So but last you know, year was a torture chamber. It, well, it was, it was. But actually, no, they they played better. I mean, they they played better than we thought they would last season. They actually accomplished more than we thought they would. Oh, for sure, going eight and eight. I mean, probably Mike Tomlin's finest coaching, probably his finest coaching year. But mm -hmm. other, you know, sandwiching in the terrible beginning with the terrible end, uh, it was a little bit tough to watch there mm -hmm. at the end. Uh, next up, the Titans. Ooh. A squeaker Man. against the Broncos. Somebody needs a new kicker. Oh my God, these kickers! This, it just it kills everybody. Yeah, I mean, Goskowski with three missed field goals, a missed extra point. I mean, and that was a big signing for them. That's ten points off the board right there for Tennessee. But they did pull out the victory at the end because he did hit the field goal that was the most important at the end of this one. But they wouldn't have needed it if he had hit his other ones. But you know, yeah, and um, that was a big signing. Yeah. I mean, leaving New England to go to Tennessee, they they thought they were shoring up their kicking game down there in Tennessee, and that is not the case. Mm -mm. Uh, Ryan Frontes, Ryan Tannehill, twenty nine of forty three for two hundred forty nine yards and two count them two huge touchdowns in the game. Derek Henry, you can't hold him down. One hundred sixteen yards yeah, on thirty one carries, not the best average, terrible average, in fact. 3.7 yards. Uh, the only touchdowns through the air went to Janu Smith and uh, McCole Pruitt. On the other side of the ball, Drew Locke did not have a spectacular game. 22 of 33 for 216 yards and count it. One touchdown. Melvin, not a charger anymore. Gordon with 78 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Noah Fant, uh, second year tight end with a touchdown. And that's about it on the Broncos side of the ball. But what do you think about uh, Drew Locke? I mean, he, you think he's got a chance? Well, I think he's going to be the starter for the rest of the year. Um, you know, this is Kansas City's division, so I mean, this is this is sort of a a, a year where they're going to, you know, see what type of quarterback Locke is because they're not any under any sort of pressure. Drew Locke's really not under any sort of pressure. You know, I think the Raiders are better. Kansas City's better. You know, San Diego is probably just about on the same level right now. Um, so you know, you know, they've had a little bit of a quarterback carousel. Uh, a little in, bit in 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 Denver, um, so you know I, I think they're going to stay put with Drew Locke for the season. See how it plays yeah, out when the so. draft comes around. 
they'll decide whether or not they need to draft somebody again. Again, yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> the Broncos are an interesting team. I mean, they got they had, I think they had more offensive players drafted in like the top fifty in the last couple of years than any other team in the history of the NFL. They got all the draft picks on offense, all their money on the defense. They got sixty percent of their salary cap is on defense, which is, I think, the only team in the league that's even close to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they they have a they have an interesting game plan: pay the defense, draft the offense. And we'll see. But this was the game that the Broncos probably would have liked to have had to sort of set the tempo for the season going down to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. I mean, they were lucky. They were lucky because of all the missed field goals from Guskowski. Otherwise, this game wouldn't, even, wouldn't have come down to that last field goal at the end of the game. But that's what happens when you put your money in a kicker. Yep. That's why the Steelers just ignore special teams and they just ignore the kicking game and just hope for the best. That is the Steelers' philosophy. Danny Smith has a job. We don't care what happened. Deontay Johnson flubbed the freaking punt right early yeah. in the game, fumbled that, you know, but muffed he, that punt. He, he's, 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 um, I mean, he's going to be okay. He did start out oh, kind yeah, of yeah. slow. I mean, but he, he, he definitely is a fast player. Um, you know, he's, he's very electric. I mean, He's not going to have any issues. I mean, this is just, I think he was kind of nervous and anxious his first first game this season. But yeah. I, I think he'll be all right. Marcus Brown without the At the end of last season, he was actually one of the better Steelers players. But this season, started off slow, but I'm sure he'll pick it up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, last game, Ugh. the Bengals at the Browns. The Browns win the game 35-30. to Joe Burrow with 316 yards, 37 of 61. But count them. 61. <laughs> Three touchdowns. I mean, talk the, about throwing out your rookie. Your rookie, rookie <laughs> throw the ball 70 times. That's not ideal when you have your rookie quarterback <laughs> throwing the ball 61 times. Yeah, Joe Mixon only carried the ball 16 times because they were in a big hole most of the game. Uh, Tyler Boyd with a touchdown on 72 yards. Uh, Uzuma, actually, Uzuma got hurt in this game. He's going to be out for a while. Uh, touchdown in this game, but you know the comeback by Baker Mayfield, sixteen of twenty-three yards, two hundred nineteen yards, two count them. Why is he still on two TV touchdowns. doing commercials? I mean, he's not because he won good. this game. I mean, he's a good actor. He's a good actor. I mean, in the commercials, he's come actually on, you got to cover the seats, and he only takes one seat cover. Like, what's he going to do? He's going to run up all the way and get <laughs> I mean, grab each seat cover. Maybe he has a future in Hollywood, but not in the NFL. I mean, he hasn't impressed at all in the NFL. They're kind of forcing this guy on us. He's not that good. Yeah, and even this game, 23, yeah. 23 attempts for 23. That's, that's not very impressive. Nick Chubb I mean, carried fairly, him this game. Fairly efficient, but still, against the Bengals, you should do better than that. Yeah, Beckham, you know, he did have the touchdown, uh, four receptions uh, for 74 yards and a touchdown. Kareem Hunt with a touchdown through the air, and Kareem Hunt also with a touchdown on the ground. Nick Chubb, but Nick Chubb led the effort, mm-hmm. 124 yards, six yards per carry on 22 yeah, carries, two touchdowns. 124 yards rushing for Nick Chubb. I'll take that's, it. Yeah, that's he's he's a good running back. Uh, he's the only good player on that team. But I was really hoping that the Bengals would win this game and just take over that slot with Marvin Lewis gone and and Burfick gone and all the people that made our lives miserable in Pittsburgh gone. I was I was hoping that the Cincinnati Bengals would take over for the Browns in that third spot in the division and bury the Browns down. Well, they, well, they're going to finish third and fourth. Either one of these teams. I mean, this is a two horse race between the Steelers and. Baltimore right now. It's kind of a one-horse race between the Steelers and the Steelers. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe you're saying these things. <laughs> you're never this positive about I the Steelers. I'm so, I can't believe. Until tomorrow that, during yeah. the Broncos game when we're tied at, we're tied like 14 to 14 we'll going into happens. the fourth quarter. We'll see what happens next week. All right. You want to take a quick break before we give our listeners our picks for right, week two? Yes. Let's take a quick break. All right. Quick break.
All right, and we are back with our week two picks. All right, Friday, an exciting week one, and we're going into our week two picks for this week. Uh, we had the Bengals, Browns. Next up, we got the Vikings at the Colts. I'm going to say Vikings, Ben. Yeah, Vikings by a large margin. Uh, looking at the injuries, don't I mean, other than Marlon Mack, obviously, there's not a significant number of injuries there. Uh, next up, we got the Giants at the Bears. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. I mean, you know, the Bears pulled it out at the end of the game this last weekend. Um, I, I, I couldn't really judge how good the Giants well, were. Well, because they were I playing mean, the best team in the league. It, it's hard to know <laughs> how good they are. You know, Daniel Jones had a better game than I expected him to have. And Trubisky also had a better game than I expected him to have. I mean, this is a tough one, but they're playing at Chicago. I'm going to give Chicago the edge in this one. Oh, what about you? I'm going to go with the Giants. All right. I think the Giants are going to get it back on track this week. Next up, mm. ooh, eh. the L.A. Rams and their new logo at Not the Philadelphia logo. Eagles. The, the uh, logo is terrible. You know, I'm what? not going to say I, a word. Yeah. I, 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 I I really do not see the Eagles winning this game. You know, if they continue to struggle on the offensive line, they're not going to find any sort of success in this one. I'm going to have to say the Rams, and the Eagles are just going to start season 0-2. I wasn't high on them to begin with, and so ah, they're just going to be 0-2. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm disappointed. I'm so, I'm so pissed off, but that's uh, just the way it is. I'm going to go with the Eagles in this one, playing at home. I don't know home. why. I don't get yeah, but they're at home with with and the Cowboys are not a very good team, so I don't know if we well, want to take too much. Team. I don't know think we want to take too much no, away from that <laughs> away from that Rams victory over the I, Cowboys. Yeah, this, this is gonna be a really tough one. I'm gonna go Eagles. with the Eagles. I think the Eagles I, are gonna win this by three. I hope so, but I doubt it. Uh, next up, the Jags at the Titans. That's an interesting one. This I, I think the Titans will win this one. I think the Jags are gonna win this one. Why? Uh, because I think Gardner Minshew is playing well. I think that they have a chip on their shoulder. I think that the Titans, you know, they had a game where they were pretty close against the Broncos last week against a team that didn't play particularly well. Pretty good defense for the Broncos. Yeah, Broncos got a decent defense. They got a lot of players on offense that are going to get better as the weeks goes on because they have those draft picks Mm -hmm. on offense. I can't remember the guy's name, the the receiver that played okay for the Broncos in this past game. What was his? I can't remember the guy's name. Oh, where's that Broncos game? Where's that Broncos game? Did I miss it? It's somewhere in there. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, Jerry Judy. I think Jerry Judy's going to have another. He's going to he's going to get better week to week, and I think he's going to be a nice target uh, for the Broncos. Yeah. But I, th- no. well, I don't know why I'm talking about the Broncos. He's looking <laughs> at me like you have. T- I have ten heads. Uh, I think I think the Jaguars are going to play well. All right, we'll see. But I, 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 I don't think so. The Broncos at the Steelers. All right, Ben. I see the Steelers winning this one. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, I think the Steelers will will win this one by ten. Ooh, by ten. I don't know if the Steelers are capable of winning another game by ten. <laughs> uh, but I think the Steelers are going to win this game I by mean- nine. We had some big injuries. We lost our right tackle. We'll talk about that a little bit in the tag team news. But, you know, it's it's. I think the Steelers are going to win this game mm. at home against the Broncos pretty easily. Oh, well, next up, the Bills. easily. All right. Someone's getting a little cocky after yeah. one win. I mean, I think 14 to 2 might have been a little conservative. <laughs> uh, Bills. <laughs> All right. Bills and Dolphins. And the Dolphins. You know, the Dolphins aren't any better than the Jets. I see the. The the Bills jumping on them early and winning this one easy as well. I agree. Bills by 
seven to ten, somewhere yeah, in that range. I'd say so. I don't think they got. They a lot might of let them. their foot off the gas towards the end of the game, like they did last week. So yeah. Yeah, Tremaine I, Edmonds is out, but they don't have a ton of injuries. Yeah. Uh, next up, Lions. Lions at your Aaron Rodgers is, is, is at the Packers. Yeah, I see the Packers win this one. If he continues to play like that at that level, they're not. Nobody's going to beat them very easily. Uh, they got a lot of. I mean, Trufant's going to be out. Hunter Bryant's going to be out. Packers Whatever. injuries. They got Lane Taylor's out. Uh, Kenny Clark is out, and Randy. Uh, I'm going to go with the Lions. I think the Lions are going to win this game by three. Okay, sure. I, I, I mean, I hope you don't. I hope you're not betting on that. Well, I would take it on a teaser <laughs> uh, with the over, but I think the Lions have a chance to win this game. Every team has over a chance. Reaction, every team every, has a chance to win. And would you say ben. overreaction week or overreaction? Yeah, that was week one, but week two is like real shit. I think the Lions have a chance to win this game. Uh, yeah, I'm not every, giving up on the Jets or on the Lions. No, if you put a, a high school team out there, they'd have a chance to win too. That's true. If you know, lightning struck. Oh, here's an interesting game next up: Panthers at Buccaneers. Yeah, Bucks. With the Bucks, the Bucks are going to turn things around. Tom Brady is 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 done with Arians' BS. This is a harder game to pick. I mean, the Panthers played pretty well last week. Yeah, I mean, but for a little bit of chicanery there at the end, some bad calls at the end. Uh, this is a tough one. I, I can't see Tom Brady losing games back to back, so I'll take the Bucks. Mm-hmm. But I think the Panthers are going to keep this game very close. Yeah, might be three three in the first. Uh next up, Niners. That might be three three in the first. I, I think it's going to be close at the end. Uh, Niners at the Jets. Uh, I see the the Niners are just they're a more talented football team. Obviously, last week they didn't play very well, but I see them turning things around in this one and beating the Jets. Even though they're flying I to the East Coast. I can't take the Jets. I want to take the yeah, Jets, but I, I as long as think. Adam Gase is coaching that team, I, I I just can't. Yeah, I know. I want to, but with Bell out, uh, yeah. the if, Niners. If, you know, the Jets don't have a mobile quarterback. I think that the, the Niners will be just they'll be just fine. And I think the Niners are going to make a statement here. I think they might win this game by 10 or more. Mm-hmm. Ooh, next up, the that's Falcons at your that's division a t- rival, that's, that's the a tough Dallas game. Cowboys. Tough game for the Cowboys. I mean, you know, back Atlanta to back, is, I like it. Playing in Dallas, but uh, you know, I, I I think the Falcons are going to try to turn things around. I mean, they didn't play terrible against Seahawks. They did throw up some points there. Um, you know, Matty Ice threw for 450 yards in that game. He did what he could do. Uh, he, he did what he could, and uh, you know, if I had to choose, I would say the Falcons are going to go into Dallas and win this one very close. I would say they 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 win by about three. And if the Falcons could choose, they wouldn't, uh, you know, they wouldn't, they'd be wondering why Devonta Freeman is taking a walkthrough with Philadelphia this week and not on their team. Yeah, Devonta. <laughs> Devonta Freeman. <laughs> Devonta Freeman is taking a walkthrough with the Eagles this week and he's not a Falcon. Oh, who did I, did I pick this? Uh, yeah, I'm going to yeah. take, I'm going to take the Falcons. All right. Hopefully. Next up, the Washington football team. <laughs> they just have football team. At <laughs> football football team, team at the Cardinals. <laughs> I actually would keep that. It's actually kind of a cool name. Yeah, Once really. you get used to it. Uh, it's, it's it's not very clever. I mean, I'm sure they, they had so many other names to choose from, and they choose the football team. But considering their fan base and how few people are actually still following the team, that's well, pretty actually, descriptive they, they of have, what they, they are. Have, they have some pretty passionate fans. I mean, they still have a lot of fans that would have shown up to the game last weekend, but, you know, it's... Yeah, I mean, their, their attendance last year was... Was, not the greatest. Okay, yeah, not yeah, the but. greatest. Uh, who are you going to take? Uh, Washington or you know what? I, I, Cardinals? I learned last week. I made a huge mistake and true. Well, it wasn't a huge mistake choosing the Niners. I, you know, they 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 were. I mean, they were a great football team last year, but uh, 
the Cardinals, you know, they proved to me this season that Kyler Murray has grown up just a little bit and DeAndre Hopkins is a baller out there. You could and, say and, that again. And I could see the Cardinals actually winning this one by at least three to ten. And what do you I mean, I I just picture have you ever you ever seen those old Max L commercials? Max L uh, the cassette tapes where the guy is sitting in the chair yeah. and he's and the music is playing and he just sort of and he and it blows all of his hair back and the chair back. That to me, that is uh Cliff Kingsbury. Like Cliff that's him after the game. Like he goes to his beautiful house overlooking the desert. With all those aesthetics, and that—that's how I—I I just think that's his attitude right now. He's the guy sitting in that chair, and I think the Cardinals are going to win this game by ten. Yeah, yeah, and they should. Uh, next up, Ravens at the Texans. That's an interesting Ooh, game. Ben, one of your one of your uh, division foes. What? Who do you pick? The Ravens by a long way. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I—I'm I, also going to say the Ravens in this one too. I mean, you know, I think the Texans are going to really try to turn things around. But against the Ravens, it's just not going to work out. The Ravens are just a better football team. And I don't know that the Texans have enough tools to turn this thing. This ship, this ship is taking on water, and I'm not sure if there's enough in this division. Maybe they have a chance. enough semen to because, to plug the holes. Only because of the of the division, I think they have a chance to make the playoffs, but not against the Ravens. I think the Ravens are uh, you know one of the best teams in the AFC, and they're not going to be able to beat them. No, not during the regular season. I think the Texans are going to be off to a a, a tough start to this mm-hmm. season. I'll take the Ravens walking oh, away. That's an easy one. Chiefs, Chargers, Chiefs. Chiefs, Chargers, unless Justin Herbert is going to start. He still wouldn't Even win the game. It, no. But at least it might be a little bit closer. But I think the Chiefs, I would be shocked if the starters were even in this game in the yeah. fourth quarter. <laughs> True. Oh, next up. Here yeah. we go. I wish Sonya were out here, yeah, but she's not feeling well. Yeah, I'm sure Sonya would say that the Seahawks are going to lose this game. Well, she already um, said that earlier tonight that she's already not looking forward yeah, to tomorrow. Yeah, but I mean, they were able to easily dispatch Atlanta. And I mean, the Patriots are are not on Atlanta's level. I, you know, they're worst football team. I'm not, I'm not saying anything about Bill Belichick. He's a great coach. I'm not discounting his abilities. You already, you already said you would never, never doubt him. And then you doubted him again here. You're doubting him, but it's the Seahawks. It's the Seahawks. You know, Russell Wilson. I mean, they played amazing last week. If they continue to throw the ball and not try to force, you know, rushing, the Seahawks all the way in this Yeah, one. I think the, Seahaw- the Seahawks... Just don't rush the football. Yeah. If you don't have to, just throw the football down the field. You got Russell Wilson, just do it. I think absent uh, Stephon Gilmore, I mean, I think that the, the Patriots defense is pretty good. In the secondary, they're a little bit weak. And I think the Seahawks defense can stop Cam Newton and that running game from getting going. And I think it could be a long day because they're going to have to throw the ball. Or the Patriots are going to have to throw the ball. And I think the Seahawks are going to win this game at home pretty handily. I think so. Ah, two. What is this? Tuesday, September twenty second. The Saints at the Raiders. Is that is that right? <laughs> Let's see. For real. Uh Broncos Steelers. Monday. I guess it says Monday right there. Oh, I that don't was, know why that, it that says kinda, Tuesday. That's pretty interesting. So yeah, yeah Saints the Monday, at the Raiders game. Um, I would say Saints. I mean Saints. They. I mean that that was an impressive performance against Tampa Bay last weekend. The Raiders. They kind of struggled against a team that we were really sure about. Uh, I'd say the Saints all the way. Early on in the season, Drew Brees is still healthy. You can throw the ball around a little bit more. I'd say Saints. But run Alvin Kamara more than 12 times. I'm going to take the Raiders in this game. I think the Raiders are going to overachieve this season, and I think this is going to be... So you didn't choose them last weekend no. against the Panthers. But, but they played well. Them. The Raiders played well. They played against the Panthers, though. Yeah, the Pan- And the Panthers played really well. Play- against the Raiders, yeah. 
<laughs> I, I think the Raiders, they're, and they're playing in Vegas, I think the Raiders have a chance to win this game. Derek right. Carr, if you put him in the right circumstance, the I think that Black he, and gold versus the black and silver yeah, in this yeah. one. I think the Raiders That's are going to win this game. Pretty cool color combination on the field. And the last game, the Thursday night game, is the oh, this is a, the Thursday night matchups are always super exciting. The super super exciting. I, I, I mean, I seriously, I, 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 I can't wait to Thursday. I, I don't even want to watch the games I, tomorrow. I just want to wait until Thursday so I can watch this Dolphins Jags matchup. Yeah, I wasn't able to finish the Bengals Browns game. You know, even I though know, I felt bad, I, like, well, I wanted game. to turn it off, and I'm like, Friday probably expects me to be watching this. So yeah, <laughs> so and, until, I, until I texted you hours later, I'm like, I didn't even finish watching that game. I was Sorry. Like, All right, now I don't feel bad because I was like, oh, what happened? I was like outside doing some other stuff. Yeah, I didn't really care too much for it. I don't really care too much for this one too. But I think the Jags are going to win this game. Um, you know, I know I chose I chose the Dolphins to beat New England in the first game of the season, but after yeah, you're making they, fun of me for picking the Raiders over the seeing, Saints, you picked the Dolphins to beat the Patriots. Well, come on, it was the first game of the season. I didn't know how Cam Newton the was going to perform. You know, I, I thought the Dolphins might actually pull it off, but they didn't. Um, but in this one, you know, the Dolphins, Jags, Jags with Minshew and and you know as well as he played as efficiently as he played in that first game you know i can see him doing it against the dolphins too you know this is the battle of florida the dirty dirty this is yeah this is the dirty dirty i'm t- i think the jags are going to win all right yeah okay. i mean we'll i, I just one. and i hope the dolphins continue I'm to lose i'm not going to watch it but i'm sure they'll win yeah i just i hope the dolphins continue to lose and that the the chargers continue to lose so they can get their rookie quarterbacks in there and do what any yeah. you know I'd, I'd be, I mean, see, any right thinking person would if do. If Tua is, was playing in this game, I would watch the game. But with Fitzpatrick playing this game, I I, I know what Fitzpatrick has to offer: five yeah. wins, six wins, decent yeah. numbers, yeah. but somehow doesn't win play the game. Three great games, play three poorly, you know, played games, and and you know have the backup come in, and then have that person struggle, and have him come in again. You know, it's 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 the same shit, same script. All right, Friday. Anything else to add about week two? Nope, that's it. All right, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our tag team news, our Thurston Goal news, your Steelers, who you're so excited about, my Eagles, and Sonya's Seahawks. And that's why I don't really have any news for the Steelers this week, because I just want to keep it positive. Not much. I just want to keep it positive for the Steelers. So the only news for the Steelers is that we had some big injuries on the offensive line, our right tackle. Went down, which is really, really too bad. I mean, that was something that I don't think we expected to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's really too bad. I mean, even with the Eagles, I don't care about talking about their BS this week either. <laughs> their BS. Uh, but yeah, we lost our right tackle, and it's it's Zach Banner. He worked really hard to get into shape, competed for that right tackle position, played well throughout the game, and signed a one-year contract uh and the Steelers really were, were had high hopes for him and he played really well and it's really really sad to see Zach Banner go down uh the only other news really for the Eagles is the injuries Eagles defensive end Vinnie Curry and defensive back Craig James suffered significant injuries in Sunday's loss to the Washington football team and will miss time over the next couple of weeks uh the Eagles have been hit rather hard as you might say by injury at defensive end, Derek Barnett missed the opener with an angle injury that sidelined him for most of the summer. Is expected to increase his practice time this week with the hopes that he'll be available Sunday's game against the Rams. The same goes for right tackle Lane Johnson and running back Miles Sanders, who are also out on Sunday. Johnson, Sanders, and Barnett are considered day-to-day. With Johnson out, the Eagles' O-line was down to down three of its original starters against Washington. As Brandon Brooks, Andre Dillard were lost to long-term injuries this past summer. Philadelphia allowed eight sacks in the opener, most since 2007. But you guys, what is the last couple, two, three years, just it's almost like you're 
It's the Cursed. injury bug. The injury bug. It's not I mean, a bug. It's, this is this, I'm talking. You guys are about to go septic. I mean, this is <laughs> this is bad. I mean, they're injury after injury after injury. Yeah, and I I mean, you know, I couldn't even tell if Carson Line had an offensive line or if the, if yeah, it was I mean, just they, some they guys kind of standing around out there and and watching him get sacked the entire game. Look like ball people at the U.S. Open. They but just the ball uh, was snapped and they just went it, to the side <laughs> and just left it wide open in the middle. Yeah, no, it was it was it was a sad performance, but it was expected. And uh, you know, it seems like week after week, it's just more and more injuries. They keep on piling up. You find these guys in the practice squad. I mean, I don't even know what to say anymore. It's just not going to be a pretty season for Philly this year. Yeah, until the until the last game of the year when they're playing for a playoff berth and they win and the, and the, and the, and ends up being the Giants lose and <laughs> the Eagles go to the playoffs. Yeah, but then what? I mean, you, you know, you're you're in the first round of the playoffs and you still go out. So no big. I mean, what's well, the, but you would have won this past game if if. Uh, Avion Clowney didn't take out your quarterback. You might have won. Uh, that you game. never know. I mean, you never know what would happen in that game. But you know. But yeah, I mean, I feel for the Eagles. I I don't quite understand why it's injury after injury after injury after injury. It just yeah, it just doesn't seem to have any end in sight. Uh, next up, we got the Seahawks. The brilliance of Russell Wilson is no longer a revelation, but rather an expectation. Given encouraging latitude to spread his wings, the quarterback delivered on cue this past Sunday in the Seahawks opener against the win or the win over in Atlanta. But there was a new wrinkle in this game, an energy, a vibe that was fairly rippled across the field. Jamal Adams was acquired to be a difference maker for a team that had slowly but steadily lost the defensive verve that had once made the Seahawks special. And in their utterly convincing, not really that close 38 to 25 triumph over the Falcons, Adams was the revelation. As Pete Coach said afterwards, defensively, you couldn't help but watch Jamal Adams. I mean, he's all over the place. Remember when the Jets defensive end Greg Williams mused that Adams might be bored in Seattle's supposedly stayed non-gambling defensive scheme? Adams preemptively addressed that question in an ebullient post-game Zoom interview. I wasn't bored, he said. You know, I was blitzing. I was having fun. In fact, Adams said, if anything, he was turned loose maybe a little more than he was last year with the Jets. A relief to those who feared that Seahawks might let Jamal cook. That observation by Adams came a few moments after he had been asked what it was like to watch Wilson put up 38 points and said, bitingly, I'm not used to it. (laughs) I just love this shit. Because if you are a Jets coach... You shouldn't be talking shit about any player that leaves your team that goes to another team on defense or on offense because literally nothing has gone right for that Jets team. Mm-hmm. So I love this back and forth between Greg Greg Williams and Jamal Adams, but he played really well, and oh, Jamal yeah. Adams I mean, was he, all over the place. He did. He did play really well. I mean, um, the entire game, I mean, he, I mean, early on in the game, he had like eight tackles, and it was like, what, 10 minutes into the game? And he, and he was all over the place. And, I mean, you see why the Seahawks gave up, you know, what, what two, two, two first, first rounders. rounders. Yeah, I mean, so, hey, I, you know, it looks like so far in the first game, it's worth it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and it's just, I loved that comment. I just, when I heard it, I laughed. It's like when they asked how he was, you know, how he was doing, you know, what, what, what do you think about Russell Wilson and putting up 38 points in this, this, this offense? And to say that I'm not used to it is just like a nice, duh. just because the Jets to score a field goal, a touchdown, <laughs> it's literally like pulling teeth with some needle nose pliers that you found at a yard sale. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to get some points in New York if you're a Jets fan. So it's really exciting to be a Seahawks fan right now. Uh, so at least two of the three tag teams at least got off to a decent start. The Eagles, I think, will pull it together. It's not going to be a smooth season for the Eagles. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be rough. But in it's fairness, be rough. in fairness, Friday, well, it started off Friday would be negative regardless of how you know, this was going. A, a, a quarter and a half into the game, it was smooth. <laughs> and then after that, just took a, a complete 
complete nosedive. And I think I think they'll be okay. No, I mean, the the saving grace for the Eagles is you play in a division with the the Giants, the football team, and the Cowboys. Yeah, but the football team beat us. <laughs> right, but the football team can't play like that for an entire season. They only had to play once that way, and they did it this past weekend. So you know they got the win. It's zero and one, one and zero for them. They're sitting in number in, in first place right now in the NFC East. That's true. All right, Frank. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben. It's our drinking portion of the Finally, show. only two hours in. Yeah, all right. We have to get through this pretty quickly. Otherwise, we're going to have another three-hour podcast. Well, at least this portion of the show, either either you stick with us for this or you don't. Uh, but at least we got should. you through the football portion in two hours. So please stick with us for the drinking portion. But at least we got you through the football portion in two hours. Yeah. And so we have our shot of the week first up for our drinking portion of the show. And our shot of the week, Ben, is... The big, wait, what was it called again? <laughs> it's the Big Ben is back shot. Is that what it is? Okay. I, I came up with the name of the shot and I completely forgot what it was, but the Big Ben. Or is that what it is? Big Ben is back? Hang on, hang on, hang on here. Hang on here. Franny's going to check his Instagram account. Yeah, I know. It's been exactly. two hours since he posted I, I posted it. I posted it. I think it is the Big Ben is back. And I have a, a couple more likes on there. Yeah, and see, once you get into social ben, media, <laughs> Big Ben is, is back. Back shot, Ben. And, um, what is in the shop, Franny? In the shop, Ben, we have a little bit of vodka. Well, it's black vodka. So I, I just I just mixed a whole bunch of little you know food coloring together to sort of make it black because there's no actual black vodka that you can buy on the shelf. I searched for it, couldn't find it. And a little bit of uh, pineapple liqueur. It's a nice black and a nice yellow color. Black and yellow. Steelers, Ben. <laughs> well, we got to have the shop music so in the background I, I was, I was, you know, this is, I was searching... Uh, tipsy bartender. I'm usually inspired by the shots on that website, but in this case, Ben, I know how excited you were. Well, I know how much you love tahini, first of all. And I was searching for it's a like tahin. four weeks in a row. With I know. I, I, I was searching for a tahini shop, but I remembered how happy, how excited you were with Big, Big Ben Roethlisberger coming back. Um, you know, to the league after missing 14 and a half games last season. And so I was inspired by his return, by his play on the field this past weekend, or actually on Monday night. And, uh, you know, I was happy that he was back, but I know that you were ecstatic that he made his triumphant return to the football field. With a win. With a win. Uh, 1-0 for the Steelers. Ben, you predicted they would go 14-2, and which they still have a chance to do, obviously. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to try this shot. It's for Big Ben. I hope he remains healthy. I hope we don't have uh, to see... Fingers crossed. Mason Rudolph take the field at all this season. I agree. All right, let's do this. So what's in the shot again? One it more time. Pineapple liqueur and also some tower vodka with some food coloring to make it black. So black vodka with pineapple. Yeah, this looks really good. So check this out on Instagram liqueur. at Thirst and on Twitter later on at Goal Thirst. So let's give this a nice sniff and a shot. I'm sure it's going to taste like a pineapple vodka. That did not taste like pineapple vodka. No, you know, I was that expecting- was probably one of the worst shots we've had in a while. You got to admit, the, not the appearance. Ooh, no, the, appearance the, the appearance was good, was nice. but I mean, the flavor nice- of that shot was not. And also- it tasted like a like a sambuca that's been sitting in the sun mixed with. <laughs> 
like some spoiled fruit or something. I, I tasted mostly just vodka. Ooh, that was that rough. That I, was, I that tasted like a shot that was black. I expected the the pineapple liqueur. Oh, to that give was it rough, more right? Of a sweetness to it. There was almost no pineapple flavor whatsoever. Well, on of the course, finish. like to wash that down. Um, and I hate vodka. Uh, and I that that's that's exactly why I hate vodka because it tastes oh, like that. Oh, that was that was um, rough. That was that was a, definitely a rough shot, but not a rough got, <laughs> not a rough start though for Big Ben. Oh no, 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 no definitely that, that is that is a Steeler field, shot right but, there. That uh, is dirty. It's tough, and you have to be uh, a real, real oof. tough person uh, to be able was, to drink that those. Rough. That was that was the spirit of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, yeah. in a in a shot glass. Oof. But yeah, not very good at all. I expect that to be a little bit better, a little bit sweeter than what that was, but that was that was harsh. This is something that Todd Haley drinks three or four of before he gets into a fight outside oh. a bar with a Steelers oh. fan claiming that his offensive coordinating skills are terrible, which they are. Uh, but that was... Uh, Not, maybe, if, maybe if we added a little bit of tahine to the rim of that bed, maybe you would like it a little bit better. Maybe that a was little, pretty bad. A, a I mean, it wasn't spice. bad. No, actually, it wasn't no, it bad. Was, it was bad. That was bad. That was not, that was not a good shot at all. Uh, maybe I should have added more yellow, more of that pineapple liqueur and less of the vodka. It was about a 50-50 split right there. Um, but that, that, I mean, you know, it was inspired by Big Ben and his return, but that was just a disgusting, sour shot. And, and his return was nothing close to what that tasted like. Yeah, and for the record, Franny does this every single week, comes up with a new yeah. shot, a this, signature this was, shot This was my own week. signature shot. Usually I get my shots, recipes online, you know, tipsy bartender. This week was my own, and it was not a good one. <laughs> well, I mean, it was. It's tough to come up with a shot that's black and gold. Yeah, uh, well, but on our thirsting goal yellow. rating scale of zero to ten, where would you put this shot? We didn't rate our shot last week. Mm, I'd say a two. This is a two. Ah, uh, there was there was just a little bit of sweetness on the finish, but not enough. Maybe a little bit of sugar on the rim would have helped a little bit. Maybe a little bit of yellow. Um, uh, like crystallized sugar would have been better to add just a little bit of sweetness because that vodka just it really hit you in the. I I'm mean, going to give bad. it a seven. How the fu- how are you going to give us ben because of the name? number because of the name is seven. And this shot was the was, was the epitome of being a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. You have to be tough to drink it. You have to be tough uh, to swallow it, and you have to be tough uh, to play for that team. So I think this fit Big Ben and that team, and because of his number and because it fit the team. No, nothing fruity. I nothing, mean, look, nothing. The presentation. The presentation was. It was great. You know, we had the little Steelers helmet. I mean, if you check out Instagram and Twitter. Oh, it's a uh, great picture. Yeah, on, on, on Instagram, it's Thirst and, and on Twitter, we're at Goal Thirst, right? Um, and and it, it's, a, it's a great picture. It's a great picture representing the Steelers, Steelers Nation, but the shot didn't do a good job representing the return of Big Ben Roethlisberger because yeah, it was when disgusting. You, when you drink the shot. Just protect yourself at all time. You gotta make sure that you you're prepared I, I for it. I didn't think of, I, I you know I haven't had vodka on its own in a long time, but that almost tastes like it was vodka just by itself. Almost, I, I could taste a little bit of the pineapple. There's a little bit of fruitiness on the Not finish, enough. but that is Pittsburgh. That is a steel town. That is an industrial Rust Belt shot. Hey, but if you're a Steelers fan and uh, you're having a uh, you know a, a party 
and you just want to put some shots together. I mean, technically, I guess we could have used Jägermeister maybe as the as as that sort of darker portion of the shot. That would also probably not taste very good, but also you wouldn't get that like strong spirity flavor. Um, but I mean, it's it's very easy to put together. You know, just some uh, pineapple liqueur with. Uh, you know, vodka with the food coloring. You just add some food coloring to make it black, and that's 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 pretty much what uh, black vodka is. Because there's a lot of there are actually a lot of recipes out there that 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 call for that black vodka. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it just made me feel disgusting. Wow, that's, yeah, that, that, that's what I, I felt. felt it in my ears. I felt like I felt I it got in my brain. Ben, that punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. by that shot. Yeah. Uh, but that was no. I mean, Friday That's does this shot of the week every single week. He puts together a new shot, and it's a lot of work. He studies it, and he works in the kitchen tirelessly. Yeah, for a long period of time putting these and shots next together. Week, next week, um, if the Eagles continue to play like they are, um, I'm going to have a Carson Wentz's ACL is torn shot <laughs> oh next my weekend. God, I hope not, because if he takes another eight sacks, that's going to happen. Uh, I think he's going to be able to stay upright for most of the season, especially now that he knows what he's working with. I mean, with. if he gets stacked up, <laughs> you know, if, if it's like multiple, you know, linebackers, defensive linemen, and, and, you know, just stack him up and hold him up. I mean, you know, but he's he's, he's going to see these. Well, guys. you don't play Clowney this, he's, this he's, year. He's, you don't play the Titans, do you? You'll see the turf quite a bit. Yeah, he is going to see the turf quite a bit. But the offensive line, they'll pull it together. They'll get it together. Doug Peterson, you know, no preseason. Um, hard to know exactly what you were going to face in week one, what the team, how the team exactly, how the team was going to play. I'm losing confidence. You lost confidence in week one. You lose confidence right before. You lose confidence in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. You're like, ah, we fucking suck. We're never going to have Hey, when Gronkowski scored that touchdown, I almost cried. Yes, that is true. (laughs) But they won. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you've won a Super Bowl more recently than the Steelers have. So Yeah, but we won. One. Well, it's, we only was, have we only a, have six. So yeah. I mean, it's, it's not that many, really. <laughs> only, only six. The only the most out of all the other teams in the NFL. That's it. Yeah, I think the Cowboys have six, don't they? they have five. Five. Somebody's got six. Niners? No. Who's got six? Somebody has six. Oh, the, the Patriots have six. Yeah, that's Tom right. Brady that, has that, all that, six. that is that is true. That is true. Yeah, I completely forgot about um Belichick. But it doesn't. Again. But Once it doesn't again. count when it's all one quarterback. You got to do it over various eras. You can't just do it over one stretch of time. You have to win with Doug Williams and Joe Theismann. Yeah. And I mean, I think the Red, the yeah, just, the Washington, you, you, they actually have four. You different can't win all your championships with Duncan. No, exactly. <laughs> that doesn't count. You can't win them all with Kobe. There has to be championships with Magic and yeah. also championships with LeBron. There has to, you know, you got to sandwich them in there. Yeah, with Magic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, Friday. What is next up on the big board? Drifting just a bit off topic. <laughs> next up, well, next up on the big board, Ben, we have our beverage of the week. Do you want to take a quick break? Yeah, we'll take a quick break. Uh, and we'll listen to Skip Bayless tell me three months ago how unlikely it would be that the Los Angeles Lakers would be in the finals because LeBron doesn't want to win. He's tired and he's just trying to gauge his season and he doesn't have the heart for it. So thanks, Skip. Douchebag. Be right back. All right, and we are back with our beverage of the week. And tonight we have a cognac. Ben, I think I'm a bigger fan of cognacs than you have been previously on the last 
Uh, whatever. How many have we had on the, on the podcast? Maybe five, Probably, six, seven. I don't even know. Well, how many. we did a cognac taste test, so we had to at least have at least five. five. But I think I think we had those five, and then we had one when we were doing our remotely recorded podcast, and then this is maybe our seventh cognac. It's Out a of little 90, fruity. 90 it's episodes. A fruity. Ninety episodes. So it's a very small percentage of our beverages. Of in other week. words, stop. But I do. In other words, don't complain when I bring a cognac. We've had ninety I, episodes and I barely ever bring them. So shut I, up <laughs> with your complaints about my cognac. I do enjoy cognac. <laughs> so I really do enjoy cognacs. Um, I, I mean, every single one. I, I think they've all been excellent. Tonight we have another offering from Paulet. Uh We had their uh, VSOP, and tonight we have another VSOP, but it's their organic Ooh, VS. The grapes. OP band. You have some Somebody guarded the grapes to make sure that the insects didn't get to them. There were no pesticides no or pesticides herbicides used. Whatsoever. Yes, this is the Chateau Paulet VSOP, organic cognac, is a great offering of a concept that's gradually gathering momentum in the cognac industry. And that is one of totally organic production. This means every step of the production process has to conform to strict guidelines to be able to carry the word organic on the label. Such a creation offers the drinker a freshness and purity second to none. And, of course, being as this is a VSOP quality, it gives an opportunity of so many for so many different ways in which it to, or for which it to be enjoyed. Uh, for example, relax and sip the traditional manner, neat as a digestive after a meal. Uh, but it also lends itself beautifully to being the base spirit in a cocktail or combined with a mixer. Fans of ice will love it on the rocks. And for the truly adventurous front, eh, place the bottle in the freezer and enjoy it straight and icy cold. It's your cognac, so drink it your way. A great addition to any liquor collection, and we've got a big one, and it would be extremely well-received as a gift. Uh, this is an interesting cognac, an organic. Uh, we don't have a tasting review on this one. Not on this website, but, uh, um, you know, a Total Wine, it was uh, it was highly rated. So Let's go to the Total Wine website and see if we can bring up a taste, some tasting notes. Do, 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 do. Let's well, see. They haven't updated their website, <laughs> so we don't see any on there. Uh, but, but this is an interesting company it, it, because I mean, it, it like, tends like, to be like, hard like, to find. It's, it's a four and a half, like four and a half stars out of five, right there. Yeah, it just it, it happens to be for some strange like five reason. Five best cognacs for the money. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just for some strange reason it's don't hard, doubt me, Ben. Don't it, doubt it's me. It's hard to find like tasting notes and reviews of the Pole. <laughs> Cognacs, Cognacs are reason. expensive, but I find the nice cheap ones. Here's Instacart. Here's five. Well, did it make the five best cognacs on HuffPost? Is that Huffington Post? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, geez. All right. Well, it's not politics here. We're just talking about cognacs oh, okay. now. See, you, everyone, everything has to be about politics <laughs> it's not nowadays. About politics, but, okay. This is your escape from politics. This is our podcast. No, it does not here. Hennessy. Nope, nope. Remy Martin. Nope. Uh, but we'll give it a taste. But it would be up there. I'm it's, sure. But I think we had this, we ran into the same issue when we tasted the Pole, that beautiful one that came in the orange box. Uh, we had was, a little bit of a hard time finding a review of yeah, it yeah. that we could trust enough to, to actually, you know, discuss it on the show. Mm-hmm. And I think we're running into the same problem here. Cognac's maybe not. I think it's, I think it's a fairly new offering from Paulet. Uh, because it, this was not on the shelf, you know, a few months back. 
This is something pretty new. And uh, well, let's, let's, let's give it a sniff, Ben. You got, you got your, your glass right over there. Let's see what kind of aromas are coming through. Oh, let's try it. Well, it's not, it's not harsh. Oh, it smells nice. Yeah, it smells very nice. Like you obviously get those floral notes. It's, it is it is uh, you know fruity, obviously, like most cognacs are. But it's it's a soft sort of soft notes though. It's not very strong. It's not overpowering. Perfect music, Ben. Oh, it's got a nice fruity. Pe- I mean, it's got a nice fruity nose. Mm-hmm. Not particularly spicy. No, not at all. But very smooth. It's, Even on yeah, the nose, yeah, very yeah. smooth. I mean, it's, it's 40%. There's no bite whatsoever. Not spirity at all? Mm-mm. And I don't really catch the grapes. Sometimes I catch the grapes in a cognac where you can really smell that grape essence. I don't really smell it. Just uh, a sweetness that you sort of get from it. A, a, a sweet fruitiness to it. Semi-floral. Let's give it a taste, Ben. Cheers to you. Let's do it. It's got in nice our... legs on the glass, nice color, nice golden yeah, I mean, copper color. It is a dark. It's it's darker than um, than you'd expect, That's especially with those with those uh, the eyelid scotches that are so light, but they have that that. Yeah, I all keep that trying flavor. to tell people to t- to taste them, and they're like, "Nah, I don't want that." <laughs> it's an acquired taste. I want the blended. If they're good. Oh, wow. That's got a little bit of a bite on the initial entry into the palate. It's very soft. But, but it goes away. Compared quickly. to the other VSOP uh, palate that we tried. It's, wow, it's, it's very softer. Soft. This one doesn't coat the mouth as much. But it's a very easy. It's got a nice rock fruit. It's, 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 it's. It's a very easy sipper. I mean, it's, you could throw it back very easily. What's I think it's a little too thing? light. It's got a weird aftertaste a little bit. The, the aftertaste is sort of, a, it sticks, the follow sticks with you for a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. It's kind of like the Bud Light of Cognac. <laughs> um, I mean, there, there, there are, you know, fruity, floral notes, but it's... It's almost like a like a a, a Japanese um, scotch, where it's very oh those Japanese whiskeys and scotches that we tried. Yeah, the, the, it's it's a little it's light. Where you expected it to be more, and then it was it, it was almost. It, but it, it disappears pretty quickly. It it, it has has that. It doesn't stick on my tongue at flavor all. Flavor right at the beginning, but then on the finish, it's just a little too soft. I would say, but it, you know, it if, if it's something there's that no you, stickiness yeah, to my yeah, mouth, yeah, exactly. Just that there's no creaminess whatsoever. It stays. It's on my tongue. It's off my tongue. It's not. There's nothing that sort of holds it, like that softness. That but that, it's a very that easy, powdery softness you can get even from a bourbon, where it, it's just it has that thickness, that softness. Mm-hmm. But it's a very easy drinker, though. I mean, it's something that you can easily throw back at forty percent. It almost doesn't even taste like it's forty percent. It almost tastes like it's not even alcohol actually you know it's a pretty good description ben i mean it's like the coors light i mean it, it is very it's extremely light and airy no creaminess doesn't really coat your mouth it it disappears but then it leaves that lingering sort of aftertaste 
Can't really put my finger. It's almost like raisiny, that that aftertaste. Yeah, it's got a weird tanginess to the to the aftertaste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still trying to find a review on this that it, it's really hard to find it. Here's a website from Qatar. This website cannot be reached. Yeah. Well. It says you're not supposed to be drinking alcohol in Qatar. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but mm, from the other Pauli offering, I actually, uh, I expect a little bit more. Yeah, I think the one that we had that was the in the orange bottle, I don't remember which one that one was. This is just a bunch of dudes out there drinking. Oh, here's the Paul AXO. We tried mm-hmm. that one, right? I think it was the VSOP, not the XO. Oh my god! I mean, I do like it. I mean, I like it. It's enjoyable. I just expected a little more, a little more flavor, um, from it. And what was the price point just, on it? Well, thirty bucks. You know, thirty bucks for a for a cognac, something that's easy to drink like this. I mean, it's just as easy to drink as you know any scotch within that price range. If you do enjoy more floral notes, more sweetness, then you know. This would probably be the better option for you, um, but uh, it's, I, I it's guess got I decent stick on the glass. I, That's I why I expected I, it to be a little bit more. I can't be too disappointed by you know the flavor for thirty dollars. Well, you but, love your cognacs. Well, I don't love them, but I mean we've enjoyed. I mean this is. I mean out of all the cognacs that we've had on the podcast so far, I would say this one is probably the least enjoyable. The other ones had more flavor, a little more creaminess. Um, even, you know, the aromas were a little more floral, more fruity. This one is more a little, full. it's just soft. It's just, it's, it's really soft. I mean, if, if you're looking for something like that, then this is a great choice for you, but I'm just looking for a little more flavor, maybe just a little burn on the end, you know, just a little harshness on the finish. And there's not a lot of that. It goes down very easily. And, uh, I mean, the color is beautiful and you would expect oh, more color, flavor. The coppery color, the thick, dark copper is but nice. It, it doesn't translate. When you sip it, it's just, it's just. So maybe this is uh, the organic, the organic piece of this. Maybe not. uh, I mean, this, I guess it's healthy though. You know, I mean. (laughs) Well, maybe for the people that read HuffPost, you know, maybe you go, maybe this is more evidence that we should not be worried about whether things are organic or not. You know, use the pesticides, taste better. The pesticides, maybe add more flavor. It's a little bit, you know, a little bit of, uh, what was that one that was, that was banned that I have a bottle of in the garage that I can't get anymore? There was some pesticide that I had. you, You can't buy it anymore. Roundup? Oh, Roundup you can still get. Yeah. There's a whole class action lawsuit. Like, but here, we'll still sell it. We don't care. Um, It's just too soft. It's just... It's an easy sipper for sure. Like you said, I mean, you could drink this cold, warm. Yeah, easily. You could mix I mean, on, it. I don't know what you mix like, cognac with, yeah. but you could definitely drink not it. like tonight. It's, you know, warm. It's not too chilly outside. I mean, tonight would be a good night for an eyelid. But... Uh, Every night's a good night for an eyelid. <laughs> It's okay. Where would you rate this, Ben? Uh, I'd probably give it a six. You know, it's funny because I was thinking the exact same thing. I, would, I, I was hoping six. you would, would give it a different score than I would because it always seems like we're within that same sort of range. Well, we don't, other than the George Dickel. Yeah, that was we, which I terrible. Bought, which that I bought, terrible. by the way. Yeah. We don't I'm buy sure any crap. I'm so sure we're never going to be like at a three or a two because we're not, you know, we don't buy garbage. So it's never going to be that low of a score. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, it's surprising that George Dickel for some reason got a high rating, but it was like it, it was like four point five stars out of five. Yeah, and um, yeah, I would say about a six. I mean, we've had better offerings on the podcast. This is definitely not one of the best, but it's organic. So it must be healthy. Well, I don't know if it's yeah, here's try this healthy vodka. <laughs> definitely not the one that we just had in the shot. That that was not a healthy vodka. Yeah, it's like uh, on Facebook. I was watching the other day. Simon Wilson, I think his name is. He does like all that. He does it's like some amazing. I don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. Full disclosure, I have no idea who this person is. So if he's a terrible person, I apologize. Uh, but he has he does like he goes all over Europe, all over the world. All over, you know, Asia, Africa, and he does all these videos. And he went to he had a, a video where he went to buy vodka in uh, St. Petersburg, I think it was, or Moscow, and it was just it blew my mind. Mm-hmm. It was an entire aisle, like total wine, like from the front of the store to the back, <laughs> and it was just vodka. And they all taste the same. And there was like one like near the bottom shelf that, that the locals told like this is the one. And it was really and he tried it and he said, This is the best one of the best vodkas I've ever had, but it was like you just had to know which one to buy. Mm-hmm. I mean vodka's vodka. I mean I've you know, I mean I've tried a lot of different vodkas and they pretty much all taste the same. I mean there's not a huge difference. That's true. That's true. Uh but I definitely But I guess we'll have to go to St. Petersburg and, and, and I would love test that theory. to go. But uh, yeah, I mean I think this is a good it's a good cognac. I would drink it no, it's, it's, with it's, a with a cigar. This would go well with a cigar, I think, because the flavors would be it wouldn't be overwhelming. Maybe. Um <laughs> You know, it's 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 a it's a good sipper. You know, it's it's definitely smooth. But as far as complexity, there's just not that much there. I mean, it, it it's in, it's out, it disappears pretty quickly. The flavors that are there are gone, and uh, it, 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 there's that aftertaste. I'm I'm getting you know some raisin from that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think six is a fair rating. Yeah, I mean, I would drink it. I would grab it. You know, if I was going to watch the the Steeler game on a Monday night or something like that, I would I would grab it, and I would have no problem drinking this sitting down after dinner and watching a football game with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, right Friday. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our beer of the week. And will I find my crispness? Who knows? We'll see. Uh, but it is from Belgium, and it comes in very cute little bottles, Ben. A little bit <laughs> more. And it's what, uh, I forget what, it, is it Le Chouf? It's La Chouf and the brewery. Let me grab the brewery name because this is a difficult one uh, to pronounce. It's from Brasier, Brasier de Achouf. Can you see that there? Uh, yeah, La Chouf. La Chouf Blonde. Brasier de Chouf. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's from That's Belgium. And uh, you know, I think the reason I find these, I like scope them out on the shelf, Ben, just for you, so I can see how you're going to pronounce these things. <laughs> well, that was, a, yeah, I mean, my pronunciation. This was one of the worst ones. You know, for the record, I was, you know, I was raised in upstate New York, so I mean, it wasn't like we had a a huge cultural influence where yeah. we were learning various dialects. I mean, we uh, so Friday likes to make fun of me for my somewhat rural <laughs> upbringing. Not really. Come on. You, I mean, you, you grab this Kroslacht off the shelf. I mean, come on. That's not easy to pronounce either. That's true. This, <laughs> this is a legit. It's from Denver. 
Colorado. Yeah. Uh, is it's, that is that from Enheiser Bush? It's exotic. I think it's from Adolf. Yeah, Co- it's, 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 it's it's as difficult as you want to make it. And uh, well, let me grab those from the uh, from the cooler bin. All right, we'll be right back with our beer of the week. All right, and we are back. We grabbed the Le Chouf from the Couleur and Ben. This bottle. Look at that. It's a beautiful it's bottle. It's a beautiful looking it's a beautiful bottle. bottle. Actually, the graphics on the bottle are amazing. And Ben, I'm sure you have some information for us from this. Well, maybe you don't. I mean, it's a pretty small brewery, or it looks like it. I mean, you couldn't find too much information earlier. Maybe you found some now. But Le Chouf Blonde. But let's get Franny in a good mood. <laughs> When Sarian out has got her. What an adjustment and the catch for the touchdown. There you go. Yeah, good job. There you go. Losing Get you that in a one. Good mood. Yeah, not really. La Chouf <laughs> is Brasserie da Ak Oof's Star Brew. <laughs> <laughs> this strong blondes gnome beer. First brewed in 1982, accounts for 80% of the brewery's output. Not only did the brewers make history with this, their first Ardennes Trippel, but the story of the beer's origins also went down in a storm. How it was brewed from an original recipe whispered into the brewer's ear by gnomes from the Hufazil area. Wow. La Chouf. That dude was on drugs. Is an unfiltered blonde beer re-fermented in the bottle. Smells sour. As well as in the barrel. It is pleasantly fruity, spiced with coriander and has a mild taste of hops. A La Chouf embodies the sun in a glass with its splendidly intense golden yellow color and creamy color of froth. Herbal fragrances make for a playful entrance. Then the citrus makes itself known, followed by the refreshing aroma of fresh coriander. Uh, the alcohol is 8% by volume. The fermentation is a highly fermentation beer that re-ferments in both the barrel and the bottle. The ingredients, La Chouf, is brewed with 100% natural and another organic water, yeast, pale barley malt, saz, and styrian gold, golding hop varieties. Interesting, interestingly, coriander is also added, more often found in Belgian white beers. Uh, the serving temperature is 42.8% Fahrenheit. And the character, let's see, a great full-in-the-mouth thirst quencher with the fruity aromas of peaches and apricot, citrus touches, coriander, and a subtle hoppiness. The beer has an amazing, pleasant taste with its combined herbal, malty, and fruity aromas. Uh, it's av- available in a bottle and on tap. A beautiful Belgian beer. Finally, let's give this a taste and a All smell, right, or at man. least a smell. Cheers to you. And let's see what kind of aromas we get. Hmm. It's sour. I get I mean, a it's, sour it's, it's aroma. It's almost like coppery, right? I mean, it's like. I'm not actually sure what coriander it's like tastes metal like or smells it's like. like. It's, 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 it's an interesting sort of scent that you get from this. It's not hoppy at all. It's like metallic almost. It's like, it's yeah. like, a, like a, a wet penny. I thought I thought I was smelling something else when you pour, when yeah. you poured it. I was like, "What is that?" As like is somebody burning something, but it's actually the beer that's on the table. Could be the fire burning in the background too. It just smells a little odd, a little sour. A little, it definitely has a sourness to it. Let's give it a taste, Ben. Let's see. What, let's do it. How it actually tastes. 
Oh, that's good. It's weedy. Thick. Weedy. <laughs> but <laughs> a little bit more crispy. It has a bit of crispness to it, but there's some dryness on the finish too. That I'm getting. I, I'm not sure if you are. A little bit more crispness. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm gonna agree with myself on that one. If Coors Light didn't do it, I don't know if there's ever gonna be a beer that gives you the Christmas you're looking for. No, but this is good though. I mean, this is definitely a full-bodied beer. There's, there's I mean, come on, when you taste it, when it, when you're holding it on your tongue, it's got nothing but carbonation and Christmas on the no, tongue. No, no, I mean, I'm I'm just but on the finish. The finish is what I'm looking for, Ben. That that finish when it goes down, you're like, all right, that's a good crisp well, finish. I want what more. What beer would you put in that category? Uh, I don't know. You have to at least have an example, an exemplar. You know, of this. I actually that um that uh Spanish beer that we tried, the Air Bocaron. The oh, Air Bocaron. Yeah, that had everything. I mean, that, not everything, but I mean, I mean, well, it, wasn't, me it, it wasn't it wasn't really full body. It lacked the bitterness, but but yeah. I I think just being brewed with the, the salt the water, sea salt water, it just had that sort of a crisp finish to it that one really did have a crisp finish to it um and this one's actually pretty good too i mean this is a very good beer um it's a blonde but i know you're not you're not a huge fan of like weedy type beers generally no um but this one but it's got that crispness it's got it, that, that that the beautiful carbonation i wish i had a double bit, uh, fermentation i wish i had a little more more uh more hop to it i mean you're not getting a lot of hops in a blonde it's gonna be tough yeah i know but i mean it, it was on the shelf it was advertised as a um, as a pale ale almost, but you know it's, it's not really a pale ale. But it, and, and that's take, what I, I take thought. Take a sip I, I and thought, hold it on your tongue. Take I a sip and hold it on your tongue. I would get just a little bit more hop. Take it, hold it on your tongue, and tell me you don't get that crisp, that cold crispness on your tongue. No, I mean, it, it is. There's a nice sour finish to it too, which is a, which is what I like as well. It's but a good beer. It's a, it's a good beer. Not surprisingly, from Belgium. Yeah, right. Um, definitely enough carbonation. Has good carbonation. Um, thick. I mean, it's 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 a, it's a good beer. It's good. I would <laughs> want a little bit more Christmas. Maybe just a little more hop. All right, maybe I got hoppiness. I got that of, sound bite and throw that one up for next week. A little bit of hoppiness. Mm. But it, I like it. I mean, I like the sour. I like that little sourness on. But the I like extreme right beers, there. extreme hoppiness, extreme well, sour. We extreme... had that one extreme beer that that one from uh, was it the Alameda, with the one that Lauren brought down for us. Oh, the one that tasted like that ass? smelled. It smelled like awesome, one of the best beers like, ever. It literally and tasted, tasted like toilet paper. It was different. Used toilet that paper? was different. That was yeah. definitely if you want extreme. That's that's that was that's, pretty, but that was pretty bad. Maybe too extreme. Yeah, that yeah. was. You know, not carbonated sewer water. That yeah. wouldn't be my. <laughs> I know that's extreme, but not my. But this is a really nice extreme. No, this, is, this is. I mean, for eight percent alcohol, very easy to drink for eight percent alcohol. You know, it's 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 almost like a light sipper. I mean, you could definitely you know throw back a few of these. I mean, this is a lawnmower beer if you have a really expensive lawnmower. <laughs> a John Deere. Yeah, that you, you can get, ride through like the yard. A John Deere rider for eight grand. Yeah, but I mean, the color is nice. It's hazy. It's golden. Um, and it's unfiltered, which I love. Uh, yeah. I hate a filtered beer. Yeah, this is good. It's a good beer. 
I just love that feeling on my tongue. It's got that nice, crisp feeling on the tongue, but it also finishes up sour. A little more crispness. Yeah, it's a little, a little with my pudding pops. <laughs> uh, but this was, this is a really nice. I mean, it really it finishes clean. It, it with a little sour. It's got a nice clean carbonated feel on the tongue it's got mm-hmm. a nice sour interesting smell i mean it's got a little bit of a, a metallic smell but it's got a nice scent yeah and it's also a really cool bottle it's a great bottle what was the price point on this one was uh it, was it up there or yeah, it's, i mean it's about 12 bucks for a four pack so you know it's pretty it's up there yeah, it's 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 Those course lights release this is dollar 99 <laughs> a bottle come on now you get 24, for 24 ounces 24 for $1.99 ounces right, right there. there but this is from belgium ben and it's the La Chouffe. Yeah, All right. That's good. I, I mean, mean, I would definitely drink this over yeah. the Coors Light. Oh, come on. In a heartbeat. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely a quality beer, Ben. And, and where would you rank this? I'd probably give it an 8. God, man, I was going to give it an 8 as well. I was hoping you'd choose something else. Well, you else. don't have to ask me first. I, 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 you could I, ask me to ask you. You could be like, you could point at me and yeah, say, but why don't you ask me first Like, hold up time. my fingers. Like, give it this. Give it this so we disagree. Um, but, you know, I'd also give it an 8. It, it is it is probably one of the more quality beers that we've had on the show. Uh, I think we've had a couple of other Belgians on the show. But I think uh, oh, yeah. this, this Belgian is probably one of the better ones that we've had. Oh, that is really, really good. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have any hop. And it's really hard for me to really like a beer that doesn't have a hop. But it has that nice sourness to it. It also has a little yeah. bit of sourness. There's some interesting flavors there. It's complex. Like you said, it's thick. It really sits on your tongue. It has the enough carbonation there. But a little more crispness. <laughs> a little bit more crispness. <laughs> no, but sir, I mean, it's 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 a very good beer. Well, yeah, we have our own sound effect. It's just us talking now. All the sound effects from now on are just going to be us. No more Floyd Mayweather. No more Marshawn Lynch. It's just going to be us talking. All right. So you're going to give it an eight? An eight, and you give it an eight, Ben. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our thirst and goal betting corner. We're already pretty far into the podcast, so let's get through this. We will get through it. That is our betting corner music. That I wasn't expecting that. I know, I know. That's why I wanted to see what your reaction yeah. would be. Yeah, I, I could just see some dude like the way we dressed up for our uh, for the our beer? picks for the beer with our long hair and the the uh, the aviator sunglasses on and uh, an electric guitar. I, I could totally yeah. see somebody just strumming. I, I just that. don't even understand how we got to how we got to two hours already. Yeah, I can tell you. <laughs> How do we get to two hours? Too much, too much blathering on. Well, there's been a little a bit of bantering going on, Ben. Well, but bantering let's, let's is get good. This. All right, we got the Rams and the Eagles. Uh the Eagles, uh, giving away, or the Eagles are favored by one point five at home over really? under forty five. Really? Yeah, really. All right. Well, what do you think, Ben? This is your betting corner. Uh, if it were me, I would take the Eagles on a teaser with the over. So push the Eagles down six points, give them a little bit of a buffer there and push the the over down to about 39.5 and take that. That would be my bet. 
Uh, Panthers at Bucks. The pa- the Buccaneers are favored by eight points with an over under at forty six point five. What do you think about that? The Bucks are favored by eight over the Panthers. I'd take it. You take the Bucks? Yeah, of course. Why not the Bucks? No way. I'm taking the Panthers on a teaser. Push the teasers. Push the Panthers all the way down to plus two. And take the over at 46.5. Push that down to 40.5. That would be my bet. Now, next up, the Denver Broncos at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are giving away six and a half points with an over-under at 40.5. That is a tough one. Franny, what say you? I Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm putting my parlay. Okay. For- <laughs> so I would take the Steelers in that game. I would probably, if I was going to bet in that game, I would take the over at 40.5. I think the Steelers and Denver Broncos are going to combine to over 40 points in that game. Next up, we got the Atlanta Falcons at the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are giving away three and a half points with an over-under of 54, which is a pretty high over-under for this game. What do you think, Franny? The Cowboys are going to win this game by three and a half. Nope. You're taking the Falcons? Yep. Ooh. I think I might agree. I'm going to take the Falcons in that game with the under. I'm going to take an under 54 in that game. Next up, San Francisco 49ers at New York Jets. The Niners favored by seven with an over-under 41.5. I could see the the Niners easily winning this game. And the over under is kind of difficult because i expected the niners to score more points against the cardinals uh the jets don't have the greatest offense let's mm, oh, i'd say over 41 and a half yeah i agree yeah. i mean i think the over under is a little low for this game yeah, it is. uh but i actually agree with Franny on this one i would take the i would take the niners i think the niners are going to make a statement here win by 10 or more uh next up buffalo bills Giving away five and a half points with an over-under at 42, uh, 42 at the Dolphins. At the Dolphins. Bills winning easily under 42. No, actually over 42. The oh, I think the Bills are going to win this game, but I think this is one of those Fitzpatrick games at home, so I wouldn't take the Bills on the line, but I would take... The over of 42 there. I'm afraid that the Buffalo Bills are going to win this game by three or less. Uh, Next up, Minnesota Vikings at Colts. The Colts are giving three points to the Vikings without Marlon Mack. What do you think about that one, Friday? Mm. (laughs) It's a hard one, right? Yeah, well, I see the Vikings winning this one, but under 49. Ah, I'm I'm a little bit scared of that over under, but I'm going to take the Vikings on the line at plus three. I think the Vikings are going to win this game outright. Next up, Detroit Lions at Green Bay Packers. The Packers are only giving the Lions six points with an over under of fifty point five, which Franny thinks Aaron Rodgers can get to all by his lonesome. <laughs> so I'm wondering what Franny thinks, but I would take. Uh, I would take the Packers minus six, and I would take the under of 50 because I don't think the Lions are going to score. Really? Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I don't think the Lions are going to score enough points to get that over 50. Uh, Giants at Bears. The Bears are favored by five and a half over the New York Giants with an over-under of 42. That's a hard one. 
I I would probably take I would probably take the Giants in this game, getting almost six points, and I would probably take the under because I think it's going to be a low scoring affair. Brian's like whatever. I don't care. You know, I'm putting my my. I'm putting my week. parlay together. Yeah. I don't. You know. I don't. I don't care. I don't. I don't, I don't prepare. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars at Tennessee Titans. What about this one? The Tennessee Titans are giving away seven and a half points to the Jags at home. That's a that's a nice yeah, tasty they're, bet right they're, there. They're, they're, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm putting in my parlay right I know. now. I'm, I, I'm taking the Jags right here. I'm taking the Jags. I think the Jags might win this game outright. Uh, I'm going to take the Jags plus 7.5, and I'm going to take the over 44. Next up, your Washington football team at the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are given. Can you imagine this? The Cardinals are favored by seven points over the Washington football team with an over-under of 46.5. Any thoughts on that one? I see. Uh... It's a tough one. That is a tough one. I mean, I don't see Washington scoring a ton of points, at least for the over and under. I'd say under 46. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm going to stay away from this one on the line, uh, but I think it's going to stay under 46. I think Franny is spot on right there. Uh, next up, Ravens at Houston Texans. The Ravens giving away seven points on the road with an over-under of 49 there, I am going to take the Ravens. I think the Ravens are probably going to win this game by 14 or more. I think it's a lock on the line. That would be my lock of the week. The Ravens winning this game by seven or more. And the over-under of 49, if I had to take it, I would take... I'd probably take the under because I think the Texans are going to be really hard-pressed to score any points in this game. So I think it's going to be under 49. Next up, the Kansas City Chiefs at the Los Angeles, allegedly the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chiefs are favored only by eight and a half points over the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, anytime you get up in the 8.5 range, it gets a little scary, but I think the Chiefs could win this game by probably 14 points, and I would still take the over 47.5 because I think the Chiefs can score damn near 47.5 points on the Chargers by themselves. Franny, any thoughts on that one? The Chiefs at Chargers. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd say, I don't know. I mean, because the Chargers, I don't expect them to score a lot of points in this one. Um, so the over-under, I'm not entirely sure, but the Chiefs easily win in this one by more than eight. All right, next up. The New England Patriots at the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are giving away four points at home. The Patriots are not favored. And the over-under is 44.5. At initial glance, I would say I would take the over in this game. I'm a little bit sketchy on the points. I think the Seattle Seahawks could win this game by three. I would take the over 44.5. I think both teams are going to score. The Seahawks are probably going to score 35 points or more in this game. This game could be way up there in the over. Uh, so I would take the over. Friday, any thoughts? Nope. Seahawks? Uh, nope. Next up, New Orleans Saints at the Las Vegas Raiders. The Saints are giving away five points on the road at the Raiders. I am taking the Raiders all day and twice on Sunday. I think the Raiders are going to win this game outright. 
I would take the Raiders plus five over under 48.5. I would take the over as well. And that is it for the week two games. Franny is, as we speak, just frantically putting together either his fantastic five parlay or his sexy six parlay. We don't know. Will it be a sexy six Mm. or a fantastic five? Fantastic. We just don't know. Actually, you know what, Ben? This week, I have eight teams for my parlay. I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> what rhymes with, or what's, what's alliteration the for eight? The great eight. The great eight. <laughs> and who are these teams, Ronnie? All right, Ben. I got the uh, the 49ers. Actually, let me go back to that page right there. All right. So I have the... Pittsburgh Steelers over the Denver Broncos. I have the Niners over the Jets, the Bills over the Dolphins, the Vikings over the Colts, the Packers over the Lions, and my page is loading. And I also have the Ravens over the Texans, the Chiefs over the Chargers, the Seahawks over New England. Okay, I was with you until that Seahawks game. That Seahawks game might be the one. I don't know. I, don't I know, know. But, that's, that's, but that's the most impressive. dangerous game in that parlay. Not in my opinion. Actually, you know what? I think the biggest challenge here is going to be the Vikings and the Colts. That's going to be a tough one. I think I still think the Vikings are going to pull that one out. Um, and also... You know, the Ravens and the Texans, not 100% sure. I, I Obviously, I think the Ravens are going to pull it out. But the Texans, I think they have a little bit to prove. All right. Get your bets in tonight, tomorrow. But get these bets in before we this start. all on the money line, obviously. Of course. Yeah, not, Franny not, is. Not, not betting over under. Not a single underdog in the mix there <laughs> no. for Franny. All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, is our housekeeping. To finish All right, up can I get through this in 30 seconds to keep us under three hours? Hurry I'm up. not sure. <laughs> we are a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. Please head to our website at thursdaygold.busproud.com. From there, you can subscribe and listen to all our past episodes. Check out our show notes and get links to all the stories we cover, all the booze and the beers that we review. You get links to all the podcatchers in the universe. And you can download all of our podcasts from there. You can leave us a review. Please leave us a review. Email us at podcastthirstandgoal at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at GoalThirst and on Friday's amazing Instagram account at Thirstand and check out all of the photography there. I did not make it. It's three hours and 14 seconds. I thought I could get through that, but Friday, anything else to add before we bid our fans adieu? No, thank you so very much for listening to us. Yes, thank you all so much. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.